You're listening to episode 13-5 of the Tech Gaming Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Robert Desert Eagle Allen. With me tonight is... Samarage. I knew it was going to go like that. <laughs> <laughs> I felt it in my bones. These self-introductions already... I'm, I am Sage Samarage Morris Green. Hello, everybody. What did you bring tonight? I brought all the disgusting. All right. Speaking of disgusting, we also have... <laughs> I am uh, I am Ryan Kochevar, aka Linus Twice, and uh, the only thing that I brought to the table today is um, leaving Skyrim behind for Kingdoms of Amalur, and I can tell you it it was not it's not super satisfying. <laughs> That's all I brought to the table tonight. And speaking of <laughs> Tolkien esque, we also have <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Jeremy Lawman Lamont, and I brought it's a terrible burden to bear, Mister Frodo. I brought the plague. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, applause. Golf clap. So you've, you've gone from creep punk to plague punk. Plague punk. Yes. Plague punk. Plague punk. And speaking plague. of mental illness, we also have our very own... <clears throat> mental illness. <laughs> Excuse me. Behold the king. The king of Pansu. And I am Eric Blue. Little bit of motorhead, little bit of Pansu. Perfect combination. He rules the oh, pantsu as far as the eye can see. Motorhead pantsu is the most terrifying sounding thing ever. Sounds like a glitch punk band. Yeah. <laughs> I have an entire stack of pantsu on the podcast table. That's what I'm bringing. And one pair is on my head. <laughs> it is my crown. So your pants on head retarded? Blue, how come you well, have a pantsu on head? Wait. Oh, sought employment doing anime voiceovers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really think there's a future in that for you. Villain, yeah. Villains. If I, I anybody's that. out there, call me. I'm open. Okay. I'm open. <laughs> Let's, get that. Let's jump right into mailbag. We got uh, Bamboo-boo. Bamboo-boo? Bamboo-boo. Bamboo-boo? bamboo uh, asks, what are your thoughts on the Mojo? That's uh, Mad Cat's new console. Thoughts? It's Bamboo-boo. I've lost my mojo. <laughs> that is pretty much the only thing I thought about when I heard that name. Do, what, the, what is the acronym stand for? Does anyone I uh, don't know. I, I don't think they've announced that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Jeremy, I didn't, I don't, tell me about mojo. definitely Millennium well, Orange Juice Orgasmatron. I was gonna say like Miss Orenthal Jones. Uh, I don't know. I. I, I don't have it, but um, yeah, something like that. Um, so it's basically it's Mad Cat's micro console. So it's not it's not like a, a PlayStation Four, an Xbox One. It's more like an Ouya. That's funny because it's priced like a PlayStation Three or an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. Yeah, that two hundred. By funny, I mean not at price. All. So so to the yeah. listeners, yeah, two ninety nine, rather expensive. Um, it is, it is, if you look at the specs, it is an impressive piece of hardware, though. Okay, it's kind of an impressive piece of hardware, but it seems like a mad ploy to get all the money that the casual gamers have never spent on consoles. Because not only would I not have the money to drop for it, but even if I did, I wouldn't want to spend the money I could spend to get a new phone and play all the Android games on just to get a non-mobile couch-bound version to play on the TV. Mm. The whole point of mobile gaming is that it's mobile. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, I mean, it's also, it, you could also compare it to PS Vita TV. I mean, that's only going to be a hundred bucks and the games are going to be a hell of a lot better. 
Yeah. Because mm-hmm. this is just running, in case and no one caught that, this is just to play Android games. Right. That's it. And I do think one of the problems with the most Android games are coded to use the touchscreen. Uh, right. Those uh, that are ported uh, for control use, they probably won't take advantage of the uh, processing power um, afforded by the Mojo. So I, I think comparatively yeah. it's going to suffer. Uh, not only the, the price point that you guys mentioned uh between very close to the Wii U, Xbox 360, PS3. I also think, you know, even though the games are cheaper, they don't offer the experience of those uh, mm-hmm. $60, you know, AAA titles. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a step backward in, you know, in technology as far as what we know is console gaming. But yeah. the interesting thing is they're really jumping onto the, to the cloud gaming bandwagon, which, you know, who knows? I mean, that could be mm-hmm. the, the next big thing. And, right. you know, they're getting laying a ground floor. Mad Cats is ready to step into the real right. console arena. Yeah, I do think if, you know, phone manufacturers, they keep pushing the hardware. And uh, that, by default, you know, encourages developers to kind of code games with a with little bit more beauty and depth. I, I think, you know, could, oh, yeah. it could stand a chance. But right now, it's really going to be a tough sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think the... The price is definitely going to be the thing that, uh, I yeah. mean, the, the Wii is what, $100, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could, get, you could get two Ouyahs and duct tape them together. Ouyah, <laughs> <laughs> or, or you could get a Wii U, which is, you know, at least still a console, or you could save your money for the PS4 and the no one should get one of these X-Bone. <laughs> wow. And there are 300 people that just turned off the podcast because we hate no, Xbox. They d- no, we don't hate Xbox. I hate the X-Bone. I don't even hate Xbox. I hate the X-Bone. But speaking of X-Bones and PS4s, we have a mailbag question, I believe, from Trident, right, Robert? Yes, Trident asks, where's the hype for next gen? The X-Bone and PS4 are a month out, and it seems like they are a year away. Where are the demo stations? We still haven't seen any real demo of Connect 2. That faked hand and pocket trick doesn't count. Uh, is the hype really not there? I mean, you know, we've we've been getting uh, you know uh, appearances at E3 and Gamescom and, and things like that. And I mean, there's been a lot of buzz, at least internally in our own little social circles, about the, the games that are out there. Yeah, but uh, externally the most... there hasn't been almost any advertising. Like I haven't. There's a couple of PS4 ads on TV, maybe, but I haven't seen very much advertising at all. I don't even know if I, there are any ads. But but here's the by thing. and large, the only ones that you see are the uh, Taco Bell ones, where they're yeah. giving away free PS4 early uh, to every 15 minutes or whatever. I thought and it was diabetes all every 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's another campaign. The visit to Taco Bell always comes twice. Uh, no, but these things, they're, they're like the most pre-ordered consoles in the history of consoles is, wow. is the thing. But, so. but it does seem like they're targeting gamers who are already in the know. Like they're targeting yeah. people who already have a 360 or a PS3 and therefore are gunning for it. And that seems unusual because it seems like usually they try to target the entire potential market, not just people who were already waiting for the sequel. I don't well, think I, well, think I mean, they got two con- there's two consoles launching, you know, within a couple of weeks of each other. So they really need to establish their hardcore gamer foundation before they target anybody else. Well, exactly. Chase two, chase two B's. You don't catch any. It is a bit strange that they haven't really shown much of the new Connect because that's kind of their. 
big mm-hmm. feature. Yeah, yeah, totally. that, I will right. give that. Uh, and I think they, yeah. uh, the only thing I know about the new Kinect is like, oh, it'll sense your body temperature or Gross. you know, it'll, it'll see inside. <laughs> you of are you. sick. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's gonna watch you having sex with your wife on the couch. See, it always comes back to that. And blue, this supports you. They also want to know what your body temperature is while you're having sex and what noises you're making because they for your health, it's for you. I, it's I mean, for science. They, they it's have been science. saying guys, <laughs> a lot of what Kinect won't do, like with all the NSA news and stuff like oh it, you know your facial recognition info won't leave the device and it won't do this bullshit. yeah bullshit yeah. The, the marketers I mean, are but, saying otherwise like, yeah. it is yeah. marketer and that's the thing. Yeah. like they they haven't been talking much about like what they will be doing with it they've kind of been saying well we won't do that or we won't do that. i mean that i mean really right. for, for the xbox anyway that's been their thing is like this is what we started with oh no no it won't do that oh no it won't do that either oh it's it's definitely not going to do that but they still haven't responded to a lot of the criticism they got as as in response to the lashback of the of the sony presser and and it being a hundred dollars more expensive and all the things that people are upset about like drm like they've really been like eh, we're not going to talk about that yet like when the fuck are you going to talk about it then you, you after, know after it's... they get their after they get they get their day one sales that's yeah. when they'll start to address so that that's issues. the thing that's exactly what i was you know and and when sage you said that it's unusual i think it's exactly what they had in mind was get you know get the people in your pocket who are already going to buy this stuff get those people out of the way just like sell them based on you know word of mouth buzz and stuff like that then advertise it all you want because guess what we've got like 10 years of weird ass sony ads to to look forward to crying baby doll i, I think it is no. kind of funny though back to microsoft for just a moment it's not strictly related to trident's question but uh i i think it's kind of funny how some of the execs have been reacting to x-bone have you guys seen these? no are they pissed uh well major nelson was like i think it's disrespectful to the teams that work <laughs> <laughs> and uh it seems like there was another guy have you heard like, x-bone yeah <laughs> <laughs> He's, yeah, another guy was like, yeah, I never even really thought about that. Well, it's all we can think about now. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. No one thought about that at all. These fucking idiots didn't have one Group person thing. on their staff. Group thing. And the they, funny you know, thing they is it was blue. They needed blue on their staff to be, you know, <laughs> you know yeah, I'm right. there. <laughs> and the funny thing is they're calling this console an expo when the prototype original Xbox was an X and it was. Pretty much the closest thing to an X-Bone is any system named Xbox. What? The original one was in... Wait, what? You, do you remember the, the silver prototype Xbox that, you know, that was like a vertically standing oh, giant Oh, before X the with, first one came yeah. out, you mean? Mm-hmm. Like the one that yeah, Bill Gates but, and The Rock were showcasing. At, like, yes, some, but it didn't look like that a month before it was supposed to launch. It looked like that yeah. way, way before, and then they changed it. I mean, at least yeah. there's that. Right. Yeah. Everything so, Batarang. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome, man. I, I love a Batarang. Those controllers are still out there. Well, now we have the Steam controller, so we don't need the Batarang anymore. Steam. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That is a weird ass looking thing. I'm excited about it though. It should be pretty cool. Like I want to put my thumbs in there and like wiggle them around. Do you want to explain what you're talking about for anyone who doesn't? Know? Yeah. Well, so so completely off the rails. But Steam came out with their announcements about the Steam OS and things like that, and they came out with this new controller, and it's sort of like an inverted control stick thing where you actually put your thumbs inside some sort of haptic feedback. It almost looks like an inverted koosh ball or something like that. I'm afraid. What if it eats my Cooch thumbs? Ball? Like fucking Return of the Mummy or some shit. I don't know, but it's kind of interesting though. They and they only have like four buttons that are sort of in the center of the controller in like this weird panel. Do you press thing. them with your nose. When you wear it out, when you wear it out, you can use your old flashlight. Yeah, yeah. it's been getting a lot. It's been getting a lot of that. No single like, stick controlling, Robert. 
like a weird Darth Vader. But uh, anyway, so as far as the the hype for next gen, I feel like there is lots of hype for next gen. But if I mean, if you want ads and stuff, just wait. There will be ads once they have a product to sell. <laughs> People are asking for ads. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly, I feel like it's been pretty hypey. I, Can they I put some ads the on the dashboard? Looks kind of no. plain. <laughs> yeah, we need no, we no ads. ads. I think the legitimate part of the question is that is that why would. I mean, I get what you're saying, Jeremy, but I still think that even for their console solids who are not gamers, they might address those things that are like, hey, all those things you hate, PS4 is not going to do and will be cheaper. Like, I feel like, because I'm, I'm an Xbox gamer, and I am all set to give up the Xbox forever and switch to PS4 because I'm I'm so not cool with the shit they've done. Remind so me, gamers, what that term means? It's like, it's like, it came from, games? It can, no, it came from gamer tags, and it's like the job guy who comes in with his hat backwards and he's like hey you play call of duty fucking yeah the code red crew yeah it's like drivatars i think we talked about this on a previous it's like drivatars yeah kind of i think it still sounds like old people who game yeah i'm with you (laughs) yeah in in a way it is because the only games that they are knowledgeable about are the are the old newer games so not like zelda type games but the like madden and, and yeah, that's the so, only game. Hey guys, we're giving away an X phone every 15 minutes when you eat at Hometown Buffet. The <laughs> video game. Hey, I'm in. Grand Theft Auto. It's the video game. It's back. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's the one video game. It's the one. <laughs> um, Speaking but, of those game tapes. Yeah. Grand right. Theft Poop. Yeah, Grand Theft Poop. Um, <laughs> and anyway, I you know I was going to ask Sage though because you were saying well Microsoft hasn't done anything. I mean, are you? Do you feel like there's more hype around Sony? Have they done more hype, whatever that is? Or I feel like, I mean, I feel like is the wrong word. I have noticed more, like I don't go looking for it so much, so I don't know that this is factually accurate, but I have had more PS4-related news blip up on my radar than Xbox-related news, except for like comments that are things like, well, we are not going to address those things, and we feel like we're pissed off that people are upset, and meow, meow. That's well, the only <laughs> thing that have... That's the only to back up what Ryan said, said, they both uh, both companies sold out of pre-orders. So why advertise no, I, something that people can't have? Yeah, supply and demand is definitely going to be a, an interesting problem this holiday that's, season. That's if you don't have a pre-order, you might be fucked for... That's for a fair this point, holiday. but they're lacking the foresight to look down the pipe and go, okay, fine, our pre-orders but, are sold out, but then all of those middle ground people, if you are not pleasing to them, and the other big platform is, and a lot of the main games minus Titanfall come out on both, or on PS4, you guys then remember all those... when the Wii U came out? And they expected shortages forever for months after. I think Pac-Man you know, said, you're not going to even buy it this year. I kind of I kind of <laughs> don't remember when the Wii U came out. Actually. It was, remember, it was, remember yeah, the Wii kinda, waiting list? It had a over at GameStop and like, oh, this store has has Wiis. Go, 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 go. Right. <laughs> Two weeks later, they're everywhere. People are building houses out of the box. But to be fair, the Wii did have a lot of really good... I mean, I waited in line to get a Wii when they first, first came out. No, no, I'm saying the Wii. Original Wii. Oh, the original, yeah. The Wii! In fact, I waited in line in raver clothes. I had been at a rave (laughs) in Colorado, got on a bus, was on the bus for like 10 hours. No, I wasn't rolling, but I I got back to... (laughs) No, but I got back to Santa Fe... Was like dead tired. Went and got in line at like I think five in the morning for the Wii U. I mean for the Wii, and these guys were all like, 
oh my God, this raver chick is getting a wee. And they like called up all their friends. And I was like, this is a really weird moment for me. That Fucking is nerds. The <laughs> most important part of the question though. Can I have an excite bike and 12 bottles of water, please? Yeah. No, it wasn't excite bike. It was excite trucks. Oh, I'm sorry. Excite trucks. Uh, Jesus, yeah, Jeremy. Except, you ruined the joke. They, weren't they actually, uh, oh no, no. I'm thinking of a different one. Cause they eventually had like excite bugs or something like that. Excite <laughs> yeah, they what transformed. Excite bots. Excite bots. They transformed right, yeah. into. Hey, but it's most... like uh, Fisher Price remote control cars. I remember there was like a ladybug or something. Okay, yeah. we are way off. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the most, the real most important part of that question is that they are a month out. We are a month away from the future, which is cool. But I can't afford one yet, so yeah. also sad. <laughs> I mean, is, is it just me, or is there really? I, I mean, is there much reason to pick up a PS4 at launch besides its I don't the think newest fangled so. technology? I don't think Get so. One. I think it's worth waiting. Get one because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And because Jeremy has kids, and because Jeremy's apparently made of money, Jeremy, buy me one. While I'm you're at it. Rich. Yeah, me too. I'm way rich, you guys. I'll, I'll, I'll write it off as your Christmas present. I thought you said I was getting fucked for the holiday. <laughs> <laughs> buy your PS4. Did you get the special? Santa attachment? only comes once a year. It's uh <laughs> oh, is the Res Trans vibrator making a comeback? <laughs> you know what? It supports move controllers. No. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right, speaking of move, let's move on to impressions. Nice. <laughs> yes. Nice. That was excellent. That was a really nice segue. Thank you. I just, I just it it to doesn't y'all. become a nice segue Sorry, if you mention it. that it's a segue. It oh, does if oh. you don't continue to talk about it. So sh- that breaks karma. So last week, I went to go see uh, Nintendo. They offered a little holiday preview. So uh, one thing we were just talking about, uh, I thought when the Wii U was, was first released, there was this collective notion of why... Nintendo um, is releasing a system. Its capabilities were pretty much on par with the, you know, Xbox 360 and PS3, which were reaching the end of their lives. And the wisdom was that once the the Xbox One or Xbone, as Sage likes to call it, or PS4 came out, the the Wii U would look pretty obsolete. And in theory, that makes sense. But I, I think the one thing that's missing from the equation is that the Wii U development has had a chance to to mature. And uh, so, so I was able to look at what's coming out on the Wii U horizon, and I really have to say I'm excited uh, for what the next few months will bring. So much so that after coming back from the Nintendo preview event, it was in downtown LA, I bought a bottle of Meguiar Scratch X 2.0. You guys familiar with that? And I buffed all those hairline blemishes off my console. Uh, so if there is a problem with the Wii U, it's that the finish will have a person with obsessive compulsive disorder just, just running up the walls. Oh, it's too glossy. My, yeah. my yeah. super slim PS3 is the same way. I got like little scratches on it already. I'm like, how the fuck did I do that? Mag- I didn't even touch it. McGuire, <laughs> Scratch X 2.0. That, All right, I'll have to check that out. So enough about my uh, personality features. Let's talk about the game. Mm-hmm. So first thing I played, Sean Nola's favorite, Sonic Lost World, uh, which Ooh. unlike its subtitle might suggest that I didn't see a single dinosaur. But uh, what I did see was a near-perfect adaptation of Sonic in a uh, 3D world. Now, now, except for maybe some of the gameplay bits of Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, I think we can all admit that that Sonic really struggled in the transition uh, into the third dimension. Um, Oh, it broke my heart. broke my heart. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, me too. I I really think Sonic's uh, the, the... you know, signature sense of speed and platforming really didn't adapt from sprites to polygons. And one thing for me is collecting every ring in the old Sonics used to be fairly easy, but now you have to decide whether to make, um, 
you know, old, old blues feet blur, go back and just lick the plate clean. And a uh, lost world, it doesn't completely fix the problem. You, you can't collect, you know, all the rings, but you'll probably have so much fun that it might be okay with, with not collecting every piece of gold in sight. Um, it, it definitely draws inspiration from Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, Sonic's worlds, they're all curved. There's very few sharp corners. But instead of being spherical, they're all very tubular, allowing sprinting through them. Played through two never-be-seen-before uh, never levels, as well as the one from E3. And in each one, Sonic... Uh, Sonic I keep saying Sean. Sonic. Sonic. Sonic <laughs> Nola. Uh, shows an athleticism, uh, that he really hasn't seen in years. So, you know, spin dashing, running, stopping on a dime, which is really cool. Uh, it all controls really well. Level design is smart. Not only does the game really feel speedy, it moves at 60 frames per second, but it incorporates multiple routes like the old Sonic. Uh, I saw him wall running, giving access to kind of a new area, and he opened a, a hole in the floor, which unlocked a, a subterranean pass. So they really follow that. There's three different levels of uh, playing Sonic there. Uh, beyond borrowing from Super Mario Galaxy, the game also pinches a little bit from iOS and Android apps. There are certain in-game accomplishments, uh, such as uh, knocking out a certain number of enemies or dashing for you know a certain number of seconds. They pay out currency, which players can use to buy things like ring magnets or maps or little little trinkets like that, single-use stuff. Um, the one thing, there are enemies from older Sonic, uh, you free the anim- you free the animals at the end of levels, which is rewarding. But there, there's some foes that definitely go along with the new level design. There's like big rolling balls that, uh, probably pose the biggest threat to me. Uh, almost like, uh, Indiana Jones, like these big boulders that you're trying to avoid. So, yeah, definitely really cool. 50 bucks out the door, not, not 60. So, uh, nice. there. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, next up was the undeniable highlight of the preview, uh, Super Mario 3D World. For me. Wait, Robert, real quick yes. before you go on, I'm sorry. Did you, so did you like all the touch compatibility for, for the Sonic Wii U transition? I only saw one instance, and that was the developer did it, where you would kind of pull back and almost shoot Sonic like an arrow. Um, mm-hmm. and now they, they mentioned something was remedied. I didn't play, do any touch at all, uh, through mm-hmm. the whole thing, which I enjoyed. You know, my mm-hmm. eyes were constantly kind of on the screen where I think they should be. Right. Okay. So, but they did revise, uh, something from the E3 demo, something about the, the touch. They made it a little bit more instinctive. They got some feedback. Oh, good. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, so, so one of the best memories I have about uh, the Mario Brothers series is, that sense of discovery, uh, learning things like with the fireworks were tied to the last digit of the timer, you know, the warp zones, those hidden coin blocks. That's what really mm-hmm. made the game stand out for me. So, so when I was playing Super Mario 3D World, I really got the impression that the dev team was trying to recreate that experience and, uh, which is probably difficult, you know, in an internet era where everybody's talking, you know, did you, did you see this? Did you find this? So they throw a lot of new novelties at players, which is really cool. I played for about, uh, 30 minutes, and I saw a few things. I don't want to spoil the experience for anyone, so I'll only talk about two. Uh, the first one is really widely known as the catsuit. And when I first heard about it, I thought it was one of those additions that's more cute than functional. Uh, but once you get the suit, I really enjoyed what the dev team was doing with it. Because it is cute, but it also gives you some cool abilities. <clears throat> you, you you can't tell too much during the core gameplay when the camera is pulled 
you know, close in at the end of the level, you see the texture of the fabric. And it, it looks like those pajamas with feet. What are those called? The feety pajamas? Foot jammies. <laughs> yeah. Onesies. So. One, onesies. Yeah, onesies. Onesies. I, I always had big feet, so I never fit into them. Oh. <laughs> uh, they, they really feel cool. Um, I strike you as more, you strike me as more of a trapdoor pajama kind of guy. <laughs> wow, Jeremy. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's a trap. Uh, <laughs> when you jump, uh, you can, you, you hit one of the buttons and you can kind of pounce on foes and it really feels snappy, like how a cat would react. And, and more importantly, you can scale walls and not just some walls, you know, it's not pre-select, only the orange walls, but, uh, most of the walls in the whole level. So instead of kind of climbing and platforming, I, I was moving up there. Uh, the other, pl- the other, uh, power up, which, uh, premiered was the cherry. And when you grab this, it cloned your on-screen character. And, uh, so the next level I played, I had about five or six Luigi's before it was over. Um, <laughs> Naturally, you know, it comes to your aid when there's a set of Koopas that are rushing you. You hit the fireball. You just send this volley of bouncing shots that, that clear out the Koopa army. Um, keeping your own troops together can definitely be a little bit difficult. Um, it was a little easy to get them separated. So periodically, you would push against a wall and kind of regroup your team. Uh, I did wish there was kind of an on me button, but I suppose that the, that the, uh, you know, possibilities of humor there are too good to resist watching somebody fumble. Well, also, they're keeping it a little more simple, which I like, right? Because then that's a little more old school instead of it, it is. fancy it, buttons. They do have, you know, the, the multiplayer elements, and they kind of bounce off each other, which I wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily a fan of. Um, you know, when you are platforming, the, the latest Raymond did it where they're not so bouncy. They don't really bounce off each other and off cliffs and stuff. But on the upside... You know, you, you go back in a bubble and you're instantly on screen, so there's not much of a hitch there. So, right. uh, other than that, I can re- report on the overworld. You move freely across the map instead of space to space, which is kind of cool. Ooh, um, cool. Next thing I played was a bit of Shovel Knight. You guys heard of that one? I've heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shit Knight? Shovel Knight. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a Kickstart-funded game from Yacht Club. They're a, they are a studio made of former WayForward developers. Uh, that, now, this is an eShop title. It's coming to both 3DS and Wii U. Among and this other- was uh, kicks, Kickstarted, right? Yeah, yeah. That's yes. what it said. Um, oh. And $15, the target price. It evokes a little bit of DuckTales, so I know Jeremy's going to be happy. Uh, I love it. Oh, I hope they get the original du- Shovel Knight voice actors. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the mouse move? Before he gets Excuse uh, me, Bills? The bill- no, there's no Bills. There's no ducks. <laughs> there's no ducks in this? No, there's a duck free. Jesus Christ. No, what, we're, we're hurt in what the, is the point? The construction. <laughs> uh, there's a little bit of Castlevania, a little bit of Mega Man. You, you guide a knight and you shovel your way across these 8-bit inspired uh, environments. And, and you can use your tool to kind of dig up treasure. You eliminate enemies. Uh, you jump on their heads with a shovel pointed downward. There, there's your DuckTales reference there. And I guess the Biggest compliment, best compliment I can give the game is I immediately sank into its flow. Uh, it really felt like a retro t- title that I missed somehow and just unearthed. You know, felt like something that, uh, right out of the NES days. So really cool, really fun, uh, you know, great level design and not a surprise coming from those guys from way, way forward. So, uh, next with, uh, Wiimote, Nunchuck in Hand, I played a little bit of the delayed, recently delayed Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which was definitely Yay. solid. Um, it didn't quite grab me as much as Sonic or Mario. Uh, in execution of the game, it, it really felt, you know, just like a revision of, of Retro's game. Um, 
this one was a little bit different. The one difference was the perspective shift during the barrel launching bits. I know Sage and Sean, you you guys really enjoyed it. Uh, for me, I don't want to sign down on the title. Uh, there was nothing wrong with it. You know, I didn't find anything wrong. I played uh, one or two stages. Um, but for me, it took a little bit to get used to the controls after playing the other platformers, after playing Mario and Sonic. Mm. Um, and so this one, the control scheme isn't quite as intuitive. Uh, I'm sure after you sit down and play it for an hour, it will be. But, you know, the wiggling, uh, you still, you know, hit the, uh, tap the Wiimote to kind of dig and, or pound the ground. I'm sorry, you're not digging. I'm still thinking of Shovel Knight, uh, there. So, uh, definitely good. Also played a That's little bit. Yeah. That's interesting that you didn't find, like, Sean and I thought it was really intuitive. That was one of the comments that we had with each other when we were playing is that we thought it was, like, really smooth feeling. But maybe it's just because you played the other ones yeah, first. It was definitely smooth. And I found myself, you know, at the end of the level kind of, kind of getting it. But there's, there's enough intricacies within the level design, so it is a little bit tricky. Uh, oh, a little bit of, I played a little bit of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds, which should win yeah. the first name. Uh, top-down perspective, it is a, I think they're calling it an indirect sequel to Link to the Past and played mm-hmm. and looked really smoothly. Uh, I was kind of rushed through this one. Uh, the big hook was that Link can dive into the walls and he scrolls across them kind of like an ad at a soccer match, if that makes any sense. The little like there was that uh, uh, cross crosswise New York. There was kind of a game where you were like a, a graffiti yes, kind of guy. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. much much. I can't like remember that. what that was called though. Sideways. Wait, the terrible one. No, it was on. It was all right. It was on it's, Steam and PlayStation Network. I think one of them, maybe it was Sideways. Unless there was another one. One of maybe them was th- like really kind of terrible. You thinking of Mark Echoes getting up? Getting up. Mark no. Echoes getting up was really not bad. No, it wasn't. It's sponsored by Viagra. <laughs> Get that. That was... was it really? No. No. It, it had a lot of product placement, though. Yeah, I got up. that. Anyway, uh, a Link Between Worlds combat was, was you know, expectedly solid. Uh, the dungeon I played, you know, really felt like classic Zelda. Uh, it's not surprising they didn't, you know, screw this one up. They really aped kind of the, the puzzle elements of, uh, of Link's past there. Uh, so, so, so far... Each and everything I've talked about, I'd buy at launch day. Now, let's get to the product. I'll definitely be skipping the 2DS. Uh, functionally, it's fine, uh, but after growing accustomed to the 3DS XL screens, the, the two displays felt really tiny. Uh, the mm-hmm. Nintendo rep basically explained that the hinge was kind of the weak point. Kids, little kids like to play the 3DS like a $150 hand clacker. And uh, mm-hmm. so they, they, yeah, so a lot of them broke, uh, which was... I, I assume the inspiration for the new new design. To me, it just seems like a scratch magnet and kind of an awkward size. But I, I, if you're a kid with a messy room, I think the larger footprint could be, you know, a boon. Now, are both going to be available still, or do you? If you want an older one, you better get it now. Yeah, no, no, no. Gonna... This is being marketed towards a younger audience, so definitely oh, okay. not not me, not not anyone else on the, on the show. It's like the Mario on a tablet demographic. I get it. <laughs> But just the, the screens really felt small. <laughs> so there's Sage. Aren't there just one screen that's just uh, modified in some sort of a way and covered up by plastic? Oh, is that? Huh? Yeah, Robert, like pound for pound, it's like the biggest screen ever because it's just one screen. No, no, the actual <laughs> screen that you see. No, no but Blue's screen. right, though. It is like one screen that they cover up and it's not two screens. It's one screen that they just like split with a piece of plastic over the top. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's actually the biggest screen Nintendo has made. No, I think they are still two separate screens because there's a little bit of... 
I think you're wrong about that. I think no, no, no. That's the last I heard. Why you guys are wrong? The resolution on the top screen of the 3DS is significantly different from the bottom screen. The bottom screen still has the touch. It could be the same resolution, but they just show something that's lower res. Bullshit. You can show low res images on a high res screen. Okay, wait. Why doesn't somebody look up? Because we have this magic thing called the internet, literally at our fingertips. Because we already know Robert's right. I'll do it right now. Okay. It's not a single it's two screen. This is dumb. We'll throw it into the into the I'm gonna bing it. The end. Bing. <laughs> so last thing I looked at, uh We Fit You, which of course uh played into oh, my fascination. No, we fit you. <laughs> yeah. Um charts and graphs all over the place. Um I also saw the twenty dollar We Fit pedometer, uh which may make the Nike fuel and what do they call the Fitbits kind of passe. If it lives up to the charms of it's supposed to distinguish between driving, biking, running, walking, all those different things. Uh it senses elevation. Driving? It'll count driving? No, no, it won't count. How many calories so, does driving? No, it knows no, no. If, if you're driving. If you have it on your hip throughout the whole day, it knows if you're driving. So if you're going 65 miles an hour, it thinks, hey, you're not on a bicycle. So really, it can't be used by the Flash, because if you're going faster no, than a certain speed. The Flash is not part of the demographic. He'd probably break. That's it. So. Can you so, cannot handle power? speed of this magnitude. Yeah, it's Superman when he's flying. Uh, he might he might wreck it too. I really like the way uh, they're giving the software for free. Utilize your own, you know, that old balance board. So get it out from the couch or the closet. And they're really just pushing, you know, the twenty dollar hardware purchase, which is well so, worth twenty bucks. And so uh, what is the, the what thing- is the most significant difference between the Wii? fit and the Wii U fit. Well, the thing I liked is there are some mini games that are fun, but they have these online communities where you can kind of join and battle, which seems like a good way to motivate people to exercise because let's say we have a team. We all unite and form a team and there's another website uh, that's battling. Maybe I... Yeah, maybe I encourage to walk like a mile more. No, he walks a lot, so we wouldn't do... We wouldn't take him up. <laughs> Not <laughs> cheap. More lethargic. <laughs> more lethargic side. We need a lazy team. <laughs> yes. Detail or something. I would get oh, into speak- that. <laughs> what? Um, uh, the uh, the results are in. It is one screen. It's on IGN. What? Oh, wow. Really? 2DS has one big screen divided by plastic. Really? And Okay. Wait, are, wait, wait! You looked this up on IGN. Yeah, are they. Well, I, I binged no, it, and there was something no, on IGN. There's something on Detoy that says, uh, "Speaking to U.S. Gamer, or us Gamer, or whatever." Yes. Uh, Nintendo Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing Scott Moffitt uh, confirmed that 2DS uses one display as part of a cost-cutting measure. Oh, okay. Well, I mm-hmm. guess I'm going to eat some go. crow. Trivia, uh, trivia time. How many screens does the 2DS have? Robert? Two. <laughs> Because they're separated by plastic. It's technically... No, it's one with a plastic band-aid. Wow. That's what it is. Well, you know what? It fooled me, so... No, no, I, I just know that... Mission okay. accomplished. When I look like at the 3DS screen... The 2DS appropriate for. When I look at the 3DS screen, the, the resolution on the top is, is pretty good, but on the bottom, oh, it looks, looks kind of ugly, so... I don't know. That's, that's good for them. Uh, so anyway, I spoke way too long about Nintendo, so I'll keep my Disgaea D2 brighter darkness uh, comments brief dude basically they ditched the player creation stuff which was gimped in the united states anyway uh they made some smart changes i really like the mounts they're uh tempting and the addition of dialogue during combat was kind of overdue if they can give me a ps vita version i'll be happier than a furloughed printy <laughs> on a single screen or a pantsuit blue <laughs> yes pantsuit somebody pantsuit on his head pantsuit 
So that's me. Uh, yeah, so really enjoying uh, playing some more Disgaea D2, New Game Plus. That looks, I got to tell you, I, I lost my shit when I saw Flanzilla in the uh, screenshots. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah, there's some, <laughs> that there's some is, really it, cool. A lot of fan service in there. And her, and her face in that in that screenshot is absolutely What's her face so doing? Uh, she's got like those like uh, – uh, like, um, Oh crap, what are they called? Greater than, less than, uh, whatever the hell's those things that look like Pac-Man on the keyboard are called. Um, Paku Paku? Uh, something, whatever. Basically, she's kind of like making that like squinty face, like, I'm squinting really Lots hard. Ah! Face. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> no, it's really cute. I really wish I had finished the first Disgaea so I could. How far along did you get? <gasps> like all Disgaea's that got... last boss is. I got a. Always. I, I think you know it's, it's been several years since i played it on the ps2 but i think i got to around i, I think it was about like chapter 11 or 12 in it okay. somewhere along those lines i mean i didn't have a lot left to go but i put it down so i shamed jeremy into buying it did he ever i did i haven't installed it i haven't i haven't even downloaded it yet but i but i have it jeremy, i'm unfriending you as we speak Jeremy, you realize what that means is that Robert shamed you into spending money on something you're not using at all. You know what? If Robert didn't do it, I'd do it to myself. It was five bucks. You know they patched in move support, right? Oh my god, I'm downloading it. (laughs) Uh, I I have to be honest, I I actually bought the original Disgaea uh, three different times. (laughs) PS2, PSP, and DS. Uh, Well, play it already. Quit buying it over The DS version is kind of the weak one. I'll tell you. Is it, wham, wham. Yeah. Wah, wah. yeah, my favorite. <laughs> Robert, as soon as I get a PS4, I will buy all the Disgaea permutations just for you. Okay, well, it's not backwards compatible. So. Yeah, I don't know if you'll be able to play it. <laughs> well, fuck me. Hey, you have a PS? Do you have I a PS3? No, I do not. Ah, wah, wah. damn it! I tried. Have a PSP? Nope. I don't have any PS. Oh, we might have a PS2 somewhere that somebody left here. I can't believe it. You hate Microsoft. You hate Sony. No, that's that Nintendo. <laughs> she's got a Jeremy, pile of ooyah. Say one is, thing, do another. Yeah, she's Jeremy, the queen of the ooyah. Your inability to listen comes in. What I said was, I have been an Xbox gamer and a Nintendo gamer the entire time. But who I do you never... love now? You hate everything. No, I, that's not true. Who I said I want to get a PS4. Who do you love in that shriveled black heart? You fucking Jeremy, you, okay? <laughs> Alright, who's, who's up next, lover? No, I love Nintendo, actually. Thank you very much. Like a baby. Like a bit. Ba- you know what? I'm gonna come to your house and steal all your peripherals <laughs> and throw them in a hole. Aww. And in its place, put an arcade stick that Jeremy won't buy in there. <laughs> and a flashlight. <laughs> Sage, what have you been playing? Fucking nothing, because law school has been taking up all my time this last two weeks. You hate. Objection! Actually, I've played a little bit of Cognition 4. I hope to be finished with that tomorrow so I can get a review to Robert. Yeah. Um, this only came out a month ago. I know. I'm sorry. You literally you gave it to if me, we, and I was like, cool. If we get more than 100 to... views, I'll be amazed. I'm so – well, everybody who's listening to this, please, please read the Cognition 4 review because you probably haven't played it yet, and it is – stellar that whole series is really great it's not expensive and cognition 4 i have no doubt will be an epic ending to this epic series and i'm sorry that it was delayed please blame my fucking asshole and now phoenix online the people who are doing that making the new gabriel knight they're making the new gabriel knight remake Ooh, wow yes oh wow i can't wait 
I'm super yeah. excited. I just Ryan, wanna... I didn't know you were a fan. Me? Gabriel Knight? No, Ryan. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I played those I played those years ago. Years ago. It's been a long time. They're like Commander Keen for me. They're one of those, like, childhood, <laughs> you know. I just go back to that nostalgia time. I'm like, oh, man, do you remember when anything was just a good video game? I didn't, I didn't play <laughs> it. That was Jackrabbit. <laughs> when Tim Curry oh, pretended eight. he was from New Orleans. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. I, I didn't play it, but I saw the transition from the old screen to the new screens, and it looks really good. Oh, I haven't seen it. All I've seen is, like, the one still that's on the website or something. Oh, no, they have a lot of comparison shots, and the, the uh, I don't know who the artist is that's doing that, but it looks really, really good. Jeremy, what the hell have awesome. you been playing? I'm not next on the list. Ryan, what have you been playing? <laughs> what have I been playing, you ask? Take what have you been Well... Okay, so so there I was on one of my days off the other day, uh, about, let's see, halfway into my third hour of Skyrim for that day, and I realized, <laughs> I think I'm done with Skyrim. I think I'm I think I'm over it. What am I doing with my life? Exactly, exactly. So what did I do? I downloaded Kingdom Kingdoms of Amalur: Reckoning. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, and so I stepped in, and and uh, and honestly, I can tell you right now. Um, this this whole lean that that was made in RPGs over the course of that that period of time when Kingdoms of Amalur came out and you know D three was getting ready to come out around that time yeah it's just bankrupting this... Rhode Island exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's this it's this uh, this shift in the in the general art of RPGs that's gone way to the side of this this whimsical fairy tale world I mean the the cotton candy hair on the elves in Kingdoms of Amalur I just I don't know. It was, it was. I was taken aback when I saw the first elf, or, or the fae. They're immortal, so there's like there's elves, and then there's fae, and they're different species. Anyway, R. A. Salvatore. Uh, I, I was gonna say cotton candy hair. That's that's smacks of R. A. Salvatore. Yeah, yeah. No, but I not, know. That, but not in a I kitty haven't... way. I mean, R. A. Salvatore wasn't like little kitty about it. Is yeah, it that was. bad? Like, wasn't he like a co-writer of like the Candyland board game? No, Jack, yes, he was not. It was shoots and ladders. Oh, yes, yeah, shoots and ladders. No, no, I was just kidding. I haven't heard anything. So I, my understanding of the Kingdoms of Amalur is that it's it kind of looks a little like World of Warcraft, kind of plays a little like God of War, kind of. Yeah. Well, the the combat is is as satisfying at, for an RPG. It's it's as satisfying as God of War. You know, I mean, it's definitely not an action game, so there are certain things that you can't you you just can't expect out of it. But for 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 being an RPG and being in an open world and everything, the combat is amazing. And I know everyone's heard this, you know, a million times if you've read the reviews that the combat is the real thing to show up for in Kingdoms of Amalur. The thing is, like the the combat that's not that doesn't take it home for me. I got to have something else to work with. Now, the monsters, and I'm not sure how much of the world, but I know the monsters were designed by Todd McFarlane of Spawn fame. Mm-hmm. And so that that carried me a long way, you know, just trying to find all of the monsters. And, the, and all of the monsters' models are really, really, I, they're lovingly reproduced in, in the 3D world. So I can say that, you know, as far as the graphics goes, the monsters are amazing. The combat gameplay is amazing. The thing is, the story is, it's just sort of like, okay, I've read this book, I've seen this movie, I've played this game 10,000 times, and there's just not a whole lot of innovation going on in, in, in the, uh, in the storytelling department. That, and, and I, I would say, it doesn't quite look like World of Warcraft as much as it looks like Fable. Ah, Another yeah, big yeah, reason right. that I was put yeah. off as soon as I, as soon as I got into it. I was just sort of like, okay, so Fable again. Really? Gonna, you needed so more I, like entrails or what? 
Gotta have well, the entrails. You gotta Giblets. have the entrails. Yeah, absolutely. Giblets all over the screen. I want people Giblets. to explode. I want to look at villagers wrong and they just sort of melt into a puddle of, you know, I don't know, viscera. See, if Montague had done that, I would not have insulted Fable so bad. (laughs) So then, so then what's the other thing to this? So is there like a customizability? Can you choose to be like good or evil? And do you look, you know, evil or good? Or I mean, is it, or is it just a. Is it like in Fable where you can just walk up to villagers and fart at them? Uh, Game of the year. The the social. Game of the year, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, no, the the social aspect is 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 non-existent. You you can't go up and interact with people, and there's no there's no really building relationships with anybody. Uh, but that's because it's, it's it's a grinding quest game. You know, I mean, it's it's definitely not tailored to to the the fable crowd, if that even exists anymore, which I don't think it does. Think so. <laughs> is there a fable yeah. crowd? No, they uh, all. I really like fable too. So, oh my god, Robert, you take that the fuck back. No, I liked it. It was a, it was a solid game. Fable it didn't, 2 was really... a shitstorm of hand-holding little kitty bullshit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's okay. all the things I it's like. Female angry video game nerd. I swear <laughs> that. <laughs> That's the other thing about Kingdoms of Amalur. Now, granted, I haven't bumped up the difficulty to the highest levels yet, but, you know, for going along the, the normal track, I feel like the game is ridiculously easy. I feel like swaths of enemies are just, they're being cut down, you know, just in front of me, just mowed down. And I, you know, sort of these monsters are so cool looking that I, I don't know, I'd like a little bit more of a challenge out of them. But like I said, I haven't been to the top of the difficulty chain yet. So, you know, uh, I'll hold, I'll reserve judgment there. Um, but the customizability is nice. You, you, it's not just like male or female. And then you have, you know, the same, the the same character look and the same you know progression and everything like that like in Fable, uh, you can actually go in like in Skyrim and you can customize the facial features and everything like that and that's pretty in depth. Um, but you know the thing is the armor and everything is sort of it's I don't know it's just it's just not super cool looking it's it's sort of Saturday morning cartoonish which you know is a huge problem for me. <laughs> what? So, Saturday morning cartoons forever! <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> we prefer American anime, thank you. Oh, oh yeah. Jeremy. Yeah. Speak for no, yourself. we do not. There yeah, is yeah. nobody who calls it that. I need American anime like the Flintstones to make me happy. It's not, that's, that's not <laughs> a no thing, thing, even. Pokemon is like Yogi American Bear, anime. the American no. anime. The no. Animatrix. <laughs> the Animatrix was great. Oh, yeah, that's fair, actually. Uh, hey, but the... Um, so the question is then, after Kingdoms of Amalur is, you know, so kitty looking and candy cane hair and you get stuck in the gumdrop <laughs> forest. Um, are Don't you forget gonna, the gingerbread house. Are you going to be sticking with it or are you still hearing the siren song of Skyrim? Oh, well, see, that's the thing. I, I do find myself longing for, for the darker atmosphere of Skyrim. But the dragons. The thing is, I've just, I've, I've walked... I'm, I'm fairly certain I've walked every inch that there is to Skyrim, the game. So if you know, DLC came out for Skyrim, would you drop Amalur in a hot second? Um, If, if they were to add more DLC? Yes. I suppose so. I suppose so. The, but not in a hot second, you know, because I, I am willing to <laughs> give seconds. it more. Yeah, two hot what? seconds. Let's say two lukewarm <laughs> seconds. Two lukewarm <laughs> seconds. Fine, you want to know um, how you like Amalur more? Hmm. You go and play Game of Thrones. The game adaptation. It's a really dark world, and you'll go back and you'll have a newfound enjoyment for Amalur. That's probably That's, fair. Yeah, absolutely. There's no candy cane. It's nice and dark and gloomy, and you know. 
Well, you know, and, and I do, and I do hear pe- people who have been captured and tortured enjoy life, even if it's you know mediocre, um, coming out the other side a lot more. So I can definitely see where that would help. So you just need a little waterboarding; it makes it all all right. Yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Let's never Mary's say that mates. again, ever. <laughs> a little waterboarding never hurt anybody. It's like that Mary Poppins. Guantanamo Bay vacancy. You're not going to drown because the same people who listen and shut off our podcast every time we bash on Xbox for too long are now probably like, "Oh, look, there are people who are okay with waterboarding." Yeah. And those people don't have a sense of humor and can't obviously see that we're being funny and sarcastic. We should waterboard those people. <laughs> We should yes. waterboard them. Blue, that's maybe the most serious I've ever heard you state anything ever. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I can be I heard serious. Coming if I to the Olympics to. as a sport. No, I'm waterboarding. <laughs> oh God, Robert! <laughs> I think we're gonna take the gold. That's, oh Jesus Christ! Poor bad, taste guys. humor. USA, USA, USA. This this week's podcast not safe for any young children or people with moral sensibilities at all. Or dreamers. Yeah, pretty much every episode we do. Yeah. Uh, no, poop is okay for moral people. Everyone <laughs> loves poop. But yeah, so that's that's what I've been playing uh, recently. Hooray. Jeremy. Yeah. I was waiting. I, you know, you can't throw it to yourself. Hey, Jeremy, what have you been playing? <laughs> no, was like See, that what about you? <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Well, what have you been playing, you asshole? Oh, yeah, you don't have to get... <laughs> okay, just tell us. Mega uh, Man, Mega show. Man! <laughs> Yeah, I have a little sock puppet guy next to me. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of um, things that are oppressive and uh, torture, uh, yeah, the first thing the first thing that I've been been playing, uh, I have to admit, I'm really glad that this is impressions and not like a full on reviews sort of situation because I've been playing Volgar the Viking, yeah. which um, it's gotten a little bit of little bit of uh, buzz. It's from uh, Adult Swim Games, uh, and uh, they are known for taking some of the uh, the best old goody feely kinds of games and kind of remaking them or, or, you know, bringing little spiritual successors to the market and doing pretty well with those. House of Dead Ninjas, yeah. uh, of, of course, the, uh, you know, Robot Unicorn Attack and, uh, I don't even remember what they all are. Cream Wolf was another one that was pretty good. Uh, Cream Wolf? Yeah, Cream I Wolf was the, it was the one about the, uh, the ice cream man who was also uh-huh. the werewolf and he lures little children and I, This is not well, yeah. So it well. so it sounds like, <laughs> Was he in that van that Robert posted a picture of? <laughs> maybe, maybe. That was a it, that could have been the Cream Wolf van. Wow. Um so I played that Viking. right after the show, by the way. Yeah. Bookmark. Well and you, you have to do it before like your werewolfism, your like hanthropy kicks in or something and the sun comes up or something. You have to like you have to do this all without the townspeople finding out and you just steal their children. Uh yeah, Cream Wolf from uh Adult Kind of like a darker game. version of Octodad. It, it is a little bit like that. Oh my god, I can't wait for Octodad. Um but I played Volgar the Viking, which uh in the uh, sort of in that same spirit of, of taking old kinds of games, it is a side scrolling action kind of platformer and the thing that it most resembles is Rastan. Um yeah. or 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 like uh you know Castlevania kind of to some extent or you know Ghosts and Goblins. Kind of a, a just a, a 2D sort of fight the occasional monster that comes in, but you have limited health and it's it's very straightforward. So Jeremy, you can, I like you can... the way you say Rastan like you're on Masterpiece Theater. Rastan. Welcome to Rastan. <laughs> How do you say it? Rastin. Sticking my pinky Rastin. out and oh, no. shining Rastin. up my monocle. I guess Rastin. Play some of that Rastin. Rastin. I played some of that Rastin on that Nintendo. Um, <laughs> you know so, what I like to listen to? Sebastian Bach. <laughs> 
Oh, God. Um, so <laughs> the mechanics are very straightforward. You have, uh, you know, it's Volgar the Viking, but I think it's just because the developer was Crazy Viking Studios. This dude is a barbarian. He's a full-on, he's not a Viking. I, there's not very much Viking-y about him. So he's got a broadsword, uh, and he has a spear. He has a little what whistle that he toodles about? upon to uh, summon the Nordic gods. Uh, <clears throat> no, but um, very straightforward. So the jumping, you don't have any air control. Uh, you, once you yeah. jump, you're, you're basically committed. Uh, although you can double jump and change direction, so it's one of those kinds of things. Um, when you jump, you can, you can hit the... Uh, so it uses... Um, I think it uses uh, WASD. I, I've been using a controller. I've got like a controller hack to use like a, a DualShock controller. So I don't know what the actual controls are, um, but you can you can sort of like in Zelda 2, you can sort of aim your sword up when you jump or aim it down when you when you are falling back down and land on people. Uh, very um, unforgiving. Uh, you know, you can you can get little upgrades. So as you go across the terrain, you can find little chests that upgrade your. You get a better shield, or you get a helmet, or you get like a fancy spear. And if you can maintain the Every time you get hit, you'll lose an upgrade, and once you're down to the bottom of your, you know, your last upgrade, you, you die, and you start over from the beginning of the level. Um, mm-hmm. So there is a lot of repetition here, and at the very beginning, when I mentioned that I'm glad it's just an impressions, I didn't get very damn far in Volgar the Viking. Um, in fact, I can't even get to the first boss. Wow. wow. I am good at video games, people. I, I am good. Exactly. I, I swear on the god of video games. I swear to Jeff Healy. I am, I am good. By Crom. I am good at video games, but this thing... Is it a, is it a timing thing? Like, Bunny Must Die was kind of that way, but it seemed like almost it was, it was both mechanics and timing. Is this... Is this? Uh, you, but you said the controls were pretty good. The so controls like are timing? decent. I can't blame the controls. It's just, I, it's it's hard to explain. But like every time I die, I'm like, oh shit, I did that wrong again. Did you you know, get to the it's point like, where they're shooting uh, the clams or shooting their little. Yes, yeah, the, yeah, yes. And you got and, past that. Well, see, the, so there's the. Uh, <laughs> so there, no. there, no, not really. So there are different kinds of levels. Like you start out in kind of a generic, like dirt kind of level with, you know, uh, yeah, dirt and grass, and you know, there's like lizard guys coming after right. you and things yep. like that. And, yeah. and and then there's there are like water levels where you mm-hmm. you kind of are in. It almost reminds me of that Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, uh, Cave zone, whatever it is. I was thinking of Castlevania where there's the fish guys when you go up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's fish guys there, and if you stay under the water too long, it counts down and you'll die that way. And, uh, and, and so the other thing too is that this spear. So I mentioned that Volgar has a spear, which is, it it doubles as kind of like your, make your own platformer kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Cause what you can throw the spear and it'll, it'll sort of chunk into the wall and that becomes a new platform for you to, to, um, to, to kind of scale walls in kind of weird, unconventional ways. So with that double jump that I mentioned, where you can jump away, because you can't just chunk a spear into the wall right as you're standing next to it. There has to be some distance, otherwise the spear kind of breaks. And So you can't be like facing directly into the wall and throw the spear. They don't let you do that, because that yeah. just explodes the spear. So what you can do, though, is you can jump away from the wall, hurry and throw a spear, and then use your double jump to jump back where you came from. So you can do like these weird, twitchy things to, to just kind of unconventionally traverse the level. But if you get hit by anybody, and they just seem to be timed just so. So to answer your question, Sage, like everybody, we all have played Meat Boy, right? Super Meat Boy? Mm-hmm. And in Super Meat Boy, it was always your fault. You could never blame the game. If you died, it was because you <laughs> fucked up. That's beautiful. This is the same thing, except instead of Super Meat Boy, where you immediately start, you know, again, where you left off, and, you know, it's like no no penalty. You just keep going. 
in Volgar, it's all penalty all the time. Um, so but it sounds like the timing is not that intuitive, which I think you can blame the game for. Like, if it's that you keep fucking up, that's one thing. But if it's that the timing, like, lures you into one rhythm and then changes the rhythm all of a sudden, like some kind of bad dubstep song, and you're like, what, that drop, what? And then you fall over on the dance floor. It sounds like that. It, it is a little bit. Like, sometimes you just get flustered. And, and if you get hit once, I mean, that, that's it. Like, some of the guys will take more than than one hit. And so if you if you keep them at the wrong arm's length, like, sometimes if you hit them, they'll bounce back a little bit. So you can sort of hit them, and they keep running at you, and you hit them again. But sometimes they'll just get under your under your, your attack, and, and then they hit you. And then you're like, oh, shit. And then you're like, I might as well just start this level over because I'm going to be starting over again anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, it it's one of those games where it sort of teaches you. Like, right at the very beginning, there are just a couple of really difficult like you can't make the jump by jumping straight into it and double jumping I, it took me and it took me like half an hour to even figure out okay you can double jump a different direction so in order to make this it's like a jump and a half and if you double jump you're going to go over it and land in yeah. something terrible mm-hmm. um so i ha- so eventually i figured and, and for a long time i was trying the stupid i was like jumping and then like trying to throw the spear at exactly the right timing so that i could just jump straight through but what i was supposed to do and what i didn't realize was you have to you kind of like rig the double jump and stuff like that and and so theoretically it's a teaching experience but after like half an hour of playing that same like first seconds it's just like oh god so i have not played vulgar the viking like straight through in almost any capacity it's been just like you said you you get to a certain point you're like all right fuck this i I gotta i gotta walk away the curve's just a little too punishing it's and so and the the reason i want to bring this up because it it, it's not that it's not fun because for a certain segment of the people if you if you know what raston or castlevania is, is all about or them ghosts and them goblins. That black tiger. That black tiger. Um, they, Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. Hi, rednecks. <laughs> Redneck listeners, I love you. It started, no, it started to sound a little like Southern Sweetie. Kinda. Southern Sweetie. <laughs> a little honey I in do it. declare. Can I, I get I, you no. some sweet tea? I have a great joke. If anybody out there knows the, um, that's nice. That's very, very nice joke. Uh, I have a great joke about that. We'll tell it off the air. But um, anyway, <laughs> so if you are into that and you have nostalgia, for that, and you have the patience for it. Uh, Yes, I show you very good. It's uh, a great success. Great success. Um, In your men's section. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, I probably better move on from Volgar, but it's 12 bucks on Steam. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you can spend the 12 bucks and deal with, like, just kind of the frustration level, I could see it being your thing. Um, If you can't? We're giving them two codes on Indie Outlook. Yes, okay, so they're going to be talking about it. I was afraid of that. I no, no, we're not going to be talking about it. We're just giving something. away codes. Okay, great. So it's a great thing to win. If you're listening to this, win it, and, and then get frustrated with it, and then you won't feel bad. Um, but but take a look at some videos first. Just I, I just need to warn you going into this of, of what it is. Uh, but it, it is satisfying when you get past something. And really, once you figure out the rhythm to something, you can almost just go back through the level and be like, okay, I've mastered this, I've mastered this, I've mastered this. Oh, shit, I messed up there. Okay, back to the beginning. Um, but once you sort of figure out how the level is supposed to work, you can kind of just run through it. But it, uh, it is tough. Volgar the Viking is tough. So... Um, Shifting gears a little bit, uh, I've also been playing on PC the new Shadow Warrior uh, game. From, uh, which is, yes, it is the remake of the mid-90s FPS, uh, the Wang. 3D Realms game with Lo Wang. That is Wang. also free on Steam, if I remember correctly. Well, actually, so the way the, the way they've done this is they have, um, they, they did, 
make the original game available for free, and I think it was for a limited time. It may or may not still be. If you search Shadow Warrior on Steam, it may still be free, but it, they may have, they may not. Then there was sort of like an HD remix of that, where they sort of yeah. upgraded some textures and, and did some stuff there. But it's basically the first game. Uh, the game that I played is the is the new one, um, which uh, I got to see who made this. Uh, I'll have to look it up. Some somebody made it. Um, <laughs> no way, really? Someone and made this game, and I didn't. Years? I didn't write it down. Um, but uh, I have he to is say, a proud graduate of the Blue Swim School of Research. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Blue, check that out for me. Find out who made that. Um, but I, I'm actually on the page right now. I'll have it in just a second. Oh, excellent. Okay, great. So there are some hardworking people oh, out there who have done a really good job. So the thing, the most significant thing, the thing people always remember about Shadow Warrior, the original, is Lo Wang. Right? You know this <laughs> with Lo Wang. Um, super <laughs> racist, super racist, yeah. mm-hmm. and they actually have kind of not done a bad job of sort of reforming Lo Wang. He still, I mean, Lo Wang is a dick joke. Okay, in case in case you don't <laughs> no know, really? it is yes, Lo Wang. If you, is, I don't believe it. That, you don't listen to our show enough. Yeah. Wouldn't that be funny? Like someone's like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> but they, they actually have done a decent job of reforming Lo Wang a little bit. And, and I have to say, you can't tell listening to the podcast, but when it comes to games, I get a little bit turned off. Now I'm by... looking at Little Richard a different way. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. Um, Sorry. In everything. <laughs> you know, I, I got to wonder, like people are named Dick, right? But probably not anymore. Can you, are any parents going to name their their Richard child Dick? I mean, is any, is that nickname? I mean, it, it must be it gone. It doesn't matter if you name them Richard. You've still named them Dick. Like, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I just I don't I don't hear. I mean, people still go by Dick, but I don't know. I don't know if that's still going to. happen. On the other hand, Dick Grayson made it kind of cool to be named Dick. Maybe. I okay. mean, there is Dick Grayson. That's true. And Dick Tracy. And Dick Gramer. And. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so for the record, uh, yeah. developer is Flying Wild Hog, and it was published, not a huge surprise, by Devolver Digital. Yes, that's right. Okay, so we'll talk about Devolver again in just a minute. So the thing is that I kind of get turned off a little bit by crass sorts of video games. Like, huh? No, and I've talked about this before on the show. Um, You're on this podcast and you don't like crass video <laughs> games? So so listen here. So uh, <laughs> Listen here, Sonny. Yeah, listen, listen here, boy. Um no, but like like dick tits, right? Uh, Bulletstorm. Yeah, no. right. So so I didn't ever play Bulletstorm, and I've talked about that. I've heard no bad thing ever about Bulletstorm ever. It's always like, oh, it's so good. It uses such great, you know, they came up with this great combo system. It's so cool. But they just they just they rode on dick tits so much. <laughs> what do you guys? They just they just rode dick tits right. Rode dick tits right in the, the center of dick town. They they. They, it was like it was like uh, Doctor Strange love. They just rode the dick tits all the way down. Squeezed <laughs> <laughs> it on. I want you to appreciate how funny that phrase sounds. They rode the dick tits. Rode the dick tits all so the way down. There's gonna be a pick now of, of uh, Slim Pickens. Slim Pickens. <laughs> Slim Pickens riding Falcor. Oh my God, Peter Sellers is so good. Uh, and I have not opened my copy of Duke Nukem Forever that I paid exactly three dollars for at. Um, uh, Best Buy because you know they have the little like finger twitchy sphincter doors and you, know, you tickle the sphincters and it opens them and things like that. I, I just can't. I just can't. Like it just. I just. I just imagine my wife rolling her eyes at me. And I just, <laughs> she doesn't roll her eyes at you already for playing games, but does. big tits I'm would just, push it over the edge. I'm just saying. I just. That's all I can picture. So it's mm-hmm. like. 
you know. So the thing is, I, I didn't know what to expect going into into the uh, super racist Lo Wang Shadow Warrior remake, but it's actually not bad. And you know, come to think of it. I can't tell if the game was super racist or if the character was super racist, but in this game they actually do a pretty decent job of it. He almost seems like a believable gentleman of Asian descent. Um, but, you know, he knows his name is Lo Wang, so there are still Wang jokes. Um, and, the, you know, it comes up every once in a while where there's something crap to go. <laughs> but I, I have actually kind of enjoyed the writing. They've actually kind of made it funny, and I've laughed a couple of times. Um, in this game, it's, it's not actually even necessarily a remake. It's sort of a reimagining uh, of the thing. So it's, it's actually, you start out as Lo Wang when he's sort of a henchman, and, and, uh, as the story progresses, he sort of starts to gain new abilities and powers and things like that. You get, you get a demon sidekick named Hoji, and he is also very hilarious. Um, and, and, you know, Lo Wang, Lo Wang is sort of like this asshole, like, um, you know, uh, like what, what kind of characters like wearing big sunglasses and driving around in fancy cars and he's always got a mouth on him you know Kanye cool. West kind of <laughs> like Kanye West kind of thing that's my favorite video game character but there's there's this demon sidekick named Hoji and he will just take the piss out of Wang uh you know. <laughs> and you do not like crash video games yeah yeah he he uh, he can he can give Wang a hard time uh you know. <laughs> The, so let's let's talk. So anyway, that's don't, a blatant contradiction of your morals. Yeah, I know. Contradiction. So the way the way the game works, so it is it is fast, like a '90s first-person shooter game. Um, it 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 does have a little bit of the. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell necessarily where you're supposed to go next. They did make very elaborate levels. It looks very good, and and this is all totally new. So this isn't like it's remade off the old mm-hmm. game or anything. They've redone this totally. Uh, looks very good. Uh, you're fighting a, a combination of um, sort of like hitmen kind of characters. You know, swarms of of guys in suits and 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 machine guns. Um, demons are coming after you. Progressively larger kinds of demons, guys with shields and, and things like that, and uh, just just a variety of of enemies. Um, and you're doing that either with a katana. Like there's a melee system, or you have uh, different sets of uh, ranged weapons, like machine guns and a magnum and uh, things like that. But the the thing that makes this kind of neat is the upgrade system. Uh, and one of my favorite games, I've, I've talked about it several times, Tron 2.0. One of the things I liked about Tron was that you had a, a very sort of deep... Um, branching kind of upgrade system, and they have the same thing here. So Lo Wang, you can upgrade either his his chi his karma, or you collect money, and each of those things upgrades different different kinds of abilities. So you have this katana, and and you're you're in search of this sword to you know banish demons back to the back to the demon realm or whatever. But you fight with this katana, and they have implemented a really interesting little ability system. So it uses WASD and mouse look, uh, WASD, you know, for those of you who are console exclusive. Um, and as you hit the WASD, not only does it serve as your movement, but if you double tap one of the directions, like WW forward and then you left or right click, uh, you may have unlocked a certain ability. Like WW forward is, and then I think it's holding the left click button, um, does this ranged attack with the katana where the katana comes out in front of you, it charges up, and then you send this like this wave of sword, I guess, out in front of you and it chops guys up. Uh, so, the chopping, so over time, Wang gets tougher. Yeah, Wang will get harder and harder to beat, um, and you cannot beat Wang. It's supposed to be easier the harder it gets. Well, I, you know, it depends on whose point of view. Uh, 
Uh, <laughs> it's going to turn into who's on yeah. first in a minute now. <laughs> yeah, you definitely want to be careful with the point it, of view. You don't want it, anybody to lose an eye. Have we ever not had a dick cast or a poop cast or a put it in cast? I mean, have we ever had a cast that was actually clean Wait, ever? What's a, is, is, is a put it in cast like a will it blend cast? <laughs> <laughs> it isn't like that. <laughs> with poo. Um, so as you upgrade these abilities by finding chi crystals or, or getting karma from you know getting lots of combos and things like that, you can then upgrade either passive abilities where you just have more health or you're tougher, have more resistance, or you can get these different katana moves like there's a 360 sort of swirly swipe thing that you can do. So if you get swarmed by guys, he just starts chopping them up. The chopping is very satisfying, and I found that most of the time, and I think the intent is for the game that you play most of the game with melee, um, just because you can just slice dudes up, and it's, you know, Know, it's just way fun to chop people. So, and you can chop their bodies. So as they're falling, you can chop them again and get extra karma and things like that. So if you are really a badass with a katana, um, you know, you, you might like this. And and it is just generally fun. Like I said, I've enjoyed it. Um, it's funny again, not not just from a crass humor sort of standpoint, but it is genuinely funny at times. Um, you know, going to going to Lo Wang's secret, uh, you know, bat cave. There's a there's an area there where the and the demon is just like, oh my god, are you for, for real? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it it is really actually quite funny. I've enjoyed my time with it, and um, just generally speaking, it's better than I thought it would be. Um, you know, don't don't use the other 3D realms. You know, don't don't base Duke Nukem on this. It's not the same people, nothing like that. And they, and like I said, they've done a, a really good job of sort of combining the, the the humor elements and the occasional Wang joke with some decent actual writing and and uh, and that sort of thing so yeah uh, and what i've seen of the trailer impressive fish physics yeah so they so that's the thing so <laughs> ryan mentioned earlier uh devolver uh, digital who is the publisher and they actually have little in jokes and little references like sometimes there are arcade cabinets and it'll have uh um, Hotline Miami, you know, there'll be Hotline Miami Arcade and you can go up to it and it'll play the Hotline Miami music and, um, you know, other, other Devolver sorts of things. And they're very tongue in cheek about the way they promote it. I mean, even the, you know, Who Wants Some Wang was, I think, the, the first trailer and, or Are You Ready for Wang or something like that. I think mean, his name is Wang, so they're gonna capitalize on that. Um, but they, uh, I think they have really latched, it's, it's very much their style, you know, so if, if you are familiar with Devolver and the way they promote things and the way they're just, they don't give a shit, um, this, this really fits into that. So I, I think that uh, you know it's worth checking out. Uh, it's it's a little it's a it's a full price game though. I mean it's a it's an actual. I mean you could see this being on you know your PS3 or, or Xbox, and I have no idea if they planned to do it. Uh, the game, the series, the the developers, everybody is very sort of PC centric, uh, but it's a forty dollar purchase on Steam. So um, take well, a look at it. They hmm? not not uh, the other thing I wanted to mention real quick just about the the development team, Flying Wild Hog. Um, did, did anybody here play Hard Reset? I saw Hard Reset. The name sounds familiar. It was it was a little game that came out, didn't get a whole lot of press, but it was it was this really cool almost um almost Blade Runner esque world that's just like this really, you know super condensed neon future. And your job the the robots have all gone nuts and started rebelling, and you have two weapons which you can upgrade throughout the system throughout the game, you know, and it's basically you've got your energy weapon and your and your physical like your bullet weapon. And so they all had different, you know, applications and things that you could add to them. And uh, and I just wanted to mention that because it seems like they're shaping up to be a, a, a really good first person shooter reliable uh, team. You know, I think I remember it because that came out around the same time as um 
there was a there was another game. So Syndicate came out, uh, mm-hmm. and then there was another one that came out right at about the same time, and it had a same samey sort of like hack the bad guys kind of idea to it. And uh, you know, there's not a lot of hacking. It's 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 definitely a it's definitely a a sort of you know the the first person Straight equivalent of a shooting. bullet hell. Yeah, oh, I gotcha. Yeah, just swarmed by greater and greater numbers of enemies. Um, but but the locales and the uh, the locales and the lighting and the graphics were all so I, I don't know so immersive, even though it was such a simple basis for a game. Hmm. Um, I just wanted to I just wanted to throw them props because it looks like they've done it again, which is. Yeah, it's it's good. I've enjoyed Shadow Warrior, and uh, in in the same way that I can appreciate Volgar, but but tell you that you need to be sort of into that. If you have any interest in the first person sort of shooter genre, especially if you have ties to the old Shadow Warrior or uh, you know just that style of if Dick Tits appeal to you some <laughs> form of fashion, um, check it out. I, like I said, it sort of won me over. I wasn't sure what I was getting into, but. Just, just the the banter back and forth, the you know the 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 way the writing works. I mean, con- to be honest, you know the levels and things are pretty conventional, but the upgrade system, the way that you can you know trigger your abilities by double tapping one direction, things like that. They, they do just some interesting things with it. The menus are very slick. The user interface is very cool. So I, you know, like I said, I'd, I'd recommend checking into it. Uh, but just be be aware, it is a you know a full tilt game. It's a full price game. So, um, so from one. Excellent semi-racist game to another one. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually I actually sort of wanted to talk about this a few weeks ago, so this one's a little bit older, but I have continued to come back to Dive Kick on the Vita, and I believe that it was a cross-buy PS3 title as well, uh, and I believe that it's also available on Steam, and it's going to be anywhere between 10 and 15 bucks. Uh, you've probably heard about Dive Kick. Again, it's, it's not brand new. It came out as part of the PSN summer, you know, whatever it was they did their promotion, but it is a essentially a parody of fighting games. Um, mm-hmm. The thing about Dive Kick is it uses two buttons. Uh, you have a dive button, and you can guess what the other button is. The other button is a kick button. Super so, dive. I thought it was a punch. No, yeah, dive would be pretty funny if it was like dive, dive and punch. super dive. Yeah, dive and kick. So Super one dive button is, a, is essentially a, uh, a a dive, or I'm sorry, one one button is a jump button, and the other button is basically like a jump kick. So it's jump and kick, jump and kick. Um, and it is super streamlined, and mm-hmm. I have never been able to tell if it is not only a parody, but if it is literally a joke on 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 video game people, you oh, know? You mean the, the fighting game community? Kind, well, kind of. Because, <laughs> you know, um, uh, Markman from Mad Cats is in there. Yeah, so the, so the game was made in conjunction, uh, the, I think the two studios, it was like One True Game was the developer, and Iron Galaxy, I think they're mostly known. And the thing is, these guys are actual, like, fighting game community people. Uh, so they are very tied into it. And, and this, this does two things to the game. Number one is that it is super... Um, condensed you know again when I, I think i've mentioned this before in when we've talked in the past about games like uh playstation all-stars or smash brothers or, or street fighter uh and it's and it is something uh, it's something that i think has, has stuck with me and i think it's a truism of fighting games when you're playing a fighting game what you're really doing is you're you're learning to manage space uh it's all about managing space and so in, the, in that sense they basically have boiled the fighting game down to an evasive kind of move or a, you know a preparatory kind of move jumping to get leverage to get height and then the actual attack itself and when you attack you kind of do this downward uh 
you know, you, you, it's, it's not just like it's a dive kick. Yeah. It's not a stationary kick. It's, you know, you, you jump and then you kick downwards in a diagonal fashion. So is it like QWOP where it's essentially impossible to actually control your player? No, no, it is. You, it, there is a super high fidelity in this. Okay. Um, so, so they have, so, so that's the one thing is that because these people are fighting game people, they have really condensed it and really tuned it and really made sure that the two things that you do in the game, the, the diving and the kicking, work really well, and they do. Um, and, and, you know, there are limited applications. I mean, it's... Whereas, on the continuum of fighting games, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom is probably on the extreme one end, and this is probably on the extreme other end. Um, okay. And uh, the other the thing... What's the continuum? Uh, the continuum of, of complexity the, and relating. The Marvel Capcom yeah, to Mar- Mar- Marvel vs. Capcom all the way on the complexity end, okay. and then mm-hmm. dive kick completely on the simplicity end. Um, yeah. They they do add a couple of things in though. You they they give you little gems where as you as you kick you start to build up a little meter and eventually you get into like this super dive kick mode where you jump and kick faster and farther so you get a little bit of an advantage. So you you do have a little a little bit of a you can sort of farm your diving and kicking by like doing tiny little hops and kicks and kicks and kicks and you can sort of build this meter up. But the other person of course they're not going to sit still while you do that so they might go on the attack while you're doing that. So there, there's a lot of the you know the when I say distilled I'm talking about the the strategy of am I, am I going to jump here? Okay, if I jump, that guy's going to do this, but if he does that, then I'm going to do this. Where you sort of have to think moves ahead a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that it does is they it's very inside baseball for fighting games. Um, lots of jokes. Yeah. Um, so so mm-hmm. dive and kick are like these characters. Like one of them's kind of a white guy. One of them's like a kick is like this vague Fresh Prince of Bel-Air sort of reference. Um, there's a weird cast of characters. Yeah, I'm looking uh, Logan... at Redacted. She's a pregnant skunk bear. Uh, is that? <laughs> yeah. Who, who drank toxic waste while fleeing from Canada? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> more pregnant bears. Skunk yeah, and, and in that same way, so so um, there's there are characters like Uncle Sensei, who's like he he's the head of the dojo that he's their uncle died. Ivan kicks uncle and and uh, he their little loading screen tips and the, and the loading screen tips you can tell their jokes but you can't always tell what exactly the joke is about and sometimes you're just like well I'll just let that one go or sometimes you might get it um and, and it's a little racist like I was talking about before so there's another character named like Kung Pao who's a a dimension hopping warrior woman who looks just like Kung Lao from Mortal Kombat but there's a lot of that um sort of, you know, uh, Bruce, I mean, Lee. Bruce Lee. Congratulations, Jeremy. You are now racist, too. Yeah, I know. I know. I sound like? Yeah, right. Well, every, like every move, it's like... Um, and then there's Uncle Wait. Sensei. Does, does, does nobody else do that? Um, I thought that was a thing that people just did. Well, that's why I said it's like a little racist. Oh, okay. Little racist. But there's Uncle Sensei, who is also like, Dive or kick. You know, and and like he, you know, he's he, he's the opening he's voice master of the Ready, dive, kick. Yeah, it's chop, chop, master onion. Jeremy, I think you should do voices too. Maybe our cast should just come up with a video game and voice all the characters. Dive, kick. As long as it's racist, I'll do it. <laughs> um, so there's also like a Seth Killian character, and again, for people who even know who Seth Killian is to start with, like it might be funny or enjoyable, but for everybody else, so is, is Seth Killian uh, a household name yet? Uh, yeah, I don't know, and, you know, I guess he might as well I, I be didn't know Martin Marn fan, a professional gamer. I, I wouldn't oh, identify yeah, dude, him knows? on the street. Does who anybody knows? know any professional gamers besides, like, Justin Wong that 
Street Fighter player. I know Thresh. And that's you know professional fighting game players. Professional fight. Uh, sure. Like if you watch Evo, right? Uh, uh, What's his name? You know, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Daigo. 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 Justin Wong. um, You know what's interesting is that if if you're not in that world, it's like it's like a foreign concept, and then if you're in that world. It's like a second language for you. I accidentally ended up playing, oh, I guess I did play Halo this week. So I accidentally ended up playing Halo with these professional Halo players. I don't know why they invited me to play with them, but I was playing with them and they were like, well, you know, everybody's heard of Meow Meow Meow. And they like started going off on names that were like known Halo players to people who are like hardcore into the Halo community, which I'm not apparently hardcore enough because I had never heard of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's it's the same thing. If you're like outside that at all, you have no idea who that is. And then if you're into it, you're like, oh yeah, I fucking know that. I don't even know it's if Fatality like is still too. around. Is that guy still? Oh, Fatality. <laughs> He's, I think I've got. I think they his... uh, they broke his consciousness down into the accessories now that they sell. So a little bit. That's of... right. He was. Uh, yeah. They had him pushing accessories, and he was so not interested. He was like Stage. talking about a keyboard and Stage any girl actually. that would walk by, he would just shut up for about five seconds and just stare at her like a piece of meat. <laughs> that was fatality. Nerd. Stage is actually running his sound card right now, I know, in the in the beast of the computer that she has. Oh. It's, it's, called the, oh, yeah. it's called the misogyny two point The misogyny. <laughs> the fatality <laughs> So I have heard people say, like, okay, the game is a little bit misogynist. I don't know if I get the misogyny as much as I get the racism, but it's, you know... Well, do they hint that girls can't fight? No, they're... actually, some of the best characters in this are, are women. So there's a character named Dr. Scholes that I really like. and she fight with her tits? No, no. In fact, I don't think there are really any busty sorts of characters. Doesn't sound misogynistic to me, then. Uh, yeah. So wait a minute. Is, does the game discriminate against uh, women with large breasts? Uh, no, I don't think so. What about the but, pregnant thank God, bear? Those poor yeah, that is, women. There, there is a problem there with the pregnant skunk bear, actually. <laughs> it's basically a representation of pregnant women. Basically. <laughs> uh, no, but um, the, the thing is that the appeal, so that's kind of what I was driving at here, was the appeal of the game is Seems pretty limited to me. Um, if you can hang in a Twitch chat room while you're watching fighting games and understand like the, the Frankers and the, or how do you pronounce that? Is it Franker Z or Frankers? Uh, Who even knows? Do you guys know what I'm even talking about? No, no? I have no idea. <laughs> okay, I no clue. I tend when I whenever I watch uh, fight streams on on Twitch, I usually just. Uh, Go full screen or just turn off the chat room altogether. But, but Blue, remember the video game uh, Championship Wrestling? Yeah, that's true. So that's, true. that's way fun. And one of my, one of the yeah. best parts of video game Championship Wrestling is being in the the chat room when they're like, "Oh my god, table son!" Uh, you know, when they're <laughs> going to go to the table or like blood, blood, blood or whatever. And um, so in, in that same way, if if though if that culture is something that you're familiar with, you might get a kick out of dive kick. <laughs> um, or if you have a PS4, because it's going to be a so. No, what you should say, Jeremy, is you might get a kick out of diving into this game. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I didn't. I, I did the best I could with dive and kick. I, <laughs> um, but yeah, like fraud. Like if you know what a fraud is in a fighting game context, somebody who loses all their matches. There's like this whole fraud detection, fraud detection. Um, but for people who don't know that, like they're just going to be lost. Um, so my, my bottom line on this is I don't know if the, the, it's, it's almost like a high art 
kind of idea. Like, we're going to distill fighting games into these two moves. I don't know that that could satisfy an average person who likes fighting games because it's cool to do awesome moves and, and you know, fight people and throw them across the, the room and stuff. Um, so let, let's break it down. As characters, most people haven't heard of. It's not very fun. That's <laughs> 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 yeah. racist. I, I will tell you, though, I will tell you, though, what Dive Kick has been great for. Dive Kick has been great for just, like, playing while another game loads. That's an endorsement. Yeah, it's why I've continued to play it. So when I'm playing something on the PC and Steam's like, I've got to update, I'm like, well, shit. Or, you know, when I'm when I'm doing whatever, but, you know, PlayStation has to update, you know, firmware, whatever. I'm like, you know what, let me just pull out Dive Kick. You can get into a match pretty quick. Um, you can even configure your own buttons on the Vita. You know, I don't know if you can on the PS3, but for the two buttons, the two buttons. Mm-hmm. yep, you can pick the two <laughs> buttons that you're the most comfortable with. So go wild all the way. Yeah, yeah. L two and R two triggers. Flashlight two. Yeah, the triggers are a little squishy, so I've kind of been using the face buttons, but you can set it up really any way you want to. Um, but I, I, again, so I could sort of see that appeal to people if you are already familiar with that. If not, there are a ton of good fighting games out there that you can probably go for. If if what Deagle says is true and it is coming to PlayStation 4, <laughs> um, you know, you'll have your chance again, so maybe it is okay that I... It's a I launch think. title. Hey, look forward to yeah. it next month, uh, less than a month away on your PlayStation 4. It, it sounds like it's at least mildly humorously uh, playable to it's someone who's not playable. And that's the thing, like, technically... Well done. It, it's technically Kung Pao showing some pantsu. Yeah, well, there's pantsu. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and there's actually there's a whole headshot mechanic too, where if if you hit them with your kick in the head, and the head the head detection uh, is you know works pretty well. Um, there's there's a whole head detection. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It looks kind of like a flash game, Jeremy. It kind of does. Yeah. Look- a flasher game? No, a flash oh, yeah. game. Right? <laughs> Something yeah. you find on Newgrounds. Yeah. Flashing is not a game, Sage. <laughs> I think it is. It's, a way, it's an art form. It's a way of life, okay? So, hey, a oh, semi's coming. That's 200 points. Flash! <laughs> yeah, maybe the PS4 version, they'll go like full polygons, you know, 3D. Eight-way run, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be free. So if you got that eight-way run joke, you might like Dive Kick. Otherwise, oh, well, then I like it. Otherwise, maybe stay away. Mm. So, there you have it. So that's what I've planned. I nice. suppose by the process of elimination, that would be me. King Pansu, King, King Pansu was on his throne. Um, well, keeping with the fighting game theme, and I, you know, I've, I've just been like all over the place as far as games go, so I'm just going to kind of rapid fire shoot these out. Um, <laughs> shoot! <laughs> oh my goodness! Rapid fire! Shoot! Shoot! shoot. Um, so, uh, so since the last podcast, I have been chipping away at Dead or Alive Five Ultimate, and I was able to get the platinum trophy in it. Oh, and that's that's you know, I mean, trophy wise, it wasn't too difficult. Some of them were like uh, play a hundred matches, I think it was, or something like that. But a couple of them were a little bit tricky because, you know, I was playing on the DualShock 3 as opposed to an arcade stick. And you have to complete one character's uh, combo challenges, which includes like uh, like tag team combos. You know, usually the last combo that you had to do was a tag team combo. So you would be like uh, a punch, tag in, punch, kick, punch, uh, burst, tag, 
yeah, and the way I have things mapped out comfortably on the on the DualShock Three is I have the uh, the tag button as R two, so it's a trigger, and I'm not really that comfortable with the DualShock 3's triggers. I really don't like them that well. I prefer just regular buttons, so sometimes they could get a little bit tricky. Um, but I ended up limping my way through, and for some reason, it's the combo challenges in Dead or Alive, they feel a little bit easier to process, and I don't understand why, because normally I just can't stand combo challenges. You know, it's like I'll get to like uh, 8 or 9 in Street Fighter, I'm like, okay, yeah, Nope, no way this is happening. I can't figure this out. But something just clicked in Dead or Alive, and I was able to get that uh, platinum in, I guess it was around about 35 or 40 hours, something like that. But yeah, I mean, if you like the original Dead or Alive, everything is better about Ultimate. You know, Momiji from Ninja Gaiden, Rachel from Ninja Gaiden. They are really great additions to the roster. Uh, next up, and... It, just in case you thought the only thing I cared about with Hatsune Miku is Pansu, I got the platinum trophy with that too. <laughs> oh, no. That's pretty good. I found the platinum Pansu, <laughs> and um... <laughs> that, that's the crown. It's the platinum Pansu. The, they send they send you a crown of platinum. <laughs> Smells like tuna victory. Oh, well, that's, oh just see, as the prophecy foretold. See, this proves my point. Vagina jokes are not funny; they're just gross. Dick jokes totally <laughs> funny. Uh, so, um, so with uh, Hetsune Miku, um, basically, uh, it, it's not a hard game to get a platinum on. You have to beat the game on hard, and you have to beat one song on extreme, I think it is. And um, then the rest of it is just grinding away at the diva room, which is the uh, the little uh, place where you can sit down and give gifts to the vocaloids, you know, the, the characters in the game. And you have to get your their affinity all the way up so that you'll unlock the special birthday cake item that you have to buy and use as a gift or whatever in order to unlock the trophy for getting all of the gifts that you could give to the diva, well, to the divas, if you will. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, it got a little bit, a little bit grindy there toward the, towards the end of the platinum journey, with, but uh, <laughs> with the divas. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus, Ryan, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just fact checking here. Right now would be a great time to talk to Ty Taylor from the Quantum Astrophysics Guild to talk about the bridge.
Hello, Robert here. Today I'm being joined by Ty Taylor from Quantum Astrophysics Guild, where he served as game designer and programmer for the PC title, The Bridge. Welcome to the show, Ty. Hi, it's good to be here. Thank you for coming on. Uh, now, before we talk about uh, what has been your uh, magnum opus, I wanted to get a little background, uh, perhaps a little context. And if you could tell me if there was a certain point uh, in your life when you said, yes, I, I was born to be a game designer. Forever. I've been designing <laughs> games since probably before I could talk. Just, wow. you know, just like drawing mazes or puzzles mm-hmm. for friends to solve. Then about 10 years ago, I taught myself how to program and I've been making video games ever since. Okay. What, what have you been coding in? Um, I mostly use uh, C Sharp and XNA. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Now, uh, were there any in titles, crucial titles that kind of pushed you perhaps a little bit more in that direction? You say you've always wanted to, always felt the need to program, but anything you said, wow, I need to do something like this? I don't know, probably some of the uh, N64 games that were most inspiring to me, like Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time was one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. I think after playing that, I knew I wanted to, to make video games forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a noble game. Uh, so, so how many games before the bridge have you say that you've kind of put together? It depends how you define a game. Um, I don't think <laughs> I've, I've tricky. you know formally finished a game that mm-hmm. I want to really publish. Um, dozens and dozens of prototypes mm-hmm. and you know things that are complete enough to play. But the bridge is the first project I took very seriously and spent about two and a half years on. Wow. Now, now tell me, what was different about the bridge? Did you sit down one day and decide, well, this is it. This is the game I, I've been working on. This is what I want to build. Kind of. I, I felt like the concept was. It was the first game where I had a concept that was good enough to stand on. So mm-hmm. it was Isaac Newton meets MC Escher, and yeah. you know the whole game felt like you're inside of an Escher drawing. That's awesome. <laughs> I knew it was awesome, and I knew it was gonna, you know, you know, I knew some people would really cling to it, and more people than I thought would. Yeah. Uh, well, today uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I was asked to describe the bridge in five words or less, and the best I could muster up, and it was pretty weak, was uh, "Loco Roco meets MC Escher," which is yeah, it's pretty piss poor. Uh, but but not limiting yourself to uh, to a quintet of words. How would you describe the game? Um, you're it's 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 traveling around inside of an MC Escher drawing. Mm-hmm. It's an MC Escher drawing that's come to life, um, and you solve you solve these crazy mind bending puzzles inside of impossible architecture and it all feels like a black and white pencil sketch drawing that's come to life yeah cool now one thing i really like about the game is too many games take place in this kind of stale reality a lot of unreal engine 3 games where it just feels mm-hmm. like i've been here before and you take us to a different place and i really kind of appreciated that like in the mind of an artist and you know i'd love to see uh, more of that. Um, now, having recently played through the, the game's kind of initial collection of puzzles, mm-hmm. I, I noticed an interesting design decision. Uh, I noticed that you don't want to explain every you know little detail. Instead, you seem to want players to experiment and learn, and, and then each level kind of adds to this uh, to the player's knowledge base. I, am I off the mark here? No, no, you're absolutely on the mark. Okay. Um, kind of my design philosophy was mm-hmm. to make every level a tutorial to the following levels mm-hmm. and it's it's not like it, it handholds you it's, it's not like each level is easy in any sense yeah but i, I did kind of want to introduce new concepts slowly but make you master them quickly mm-hmm. now, now obviously I, I think that technique comes with a little bit of risk um you don't have a hint system so i was wondering if players um if you were ever worried if players might reach kind of a stumbling block i haven't so far but were you ever worried about that potential 
Well, yeah, of course. Uh, I think most puzzle game designers are, are worried about that. Mm-hmm. But that's why playtesting becomes so important. Yeah. And I would playtest the game with a fresh set of eyes all the time, mm-hmm. every other week at least, um, mm-hmm. just to get brand new people on it mm-hmm. after every iteration that I do to make sure they can pick it up and they know what's going on without me verbally telling them anything. Would you kind of stand over their shoulder? <laughs> yeah, I, I would watch, but I wouldn't uh-huh. speak. I would, yeah. I, would make, I would watch them struggle through and, and see what... I wanted them to struggle with and what I didn't want them to struggle with and kind of correct the game as I went along. Cool. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the aesthetics of the game, uh, which came from Mario uh, Castaneda, uh, mm-hmm. who did the visuals, and then the music, uh, courtesy of Kevin uh, McLeod, uh, his Creative Commons uh, composition. So what, right. what inspired the um, MC Escher uh, type of look? Um, I think my, my original idea was to have um, a game where you rotate gravity. And then I, I wanted it to be a puzzle game, so I, I kept coming up with these different ideas that I could do, like different gravity dimensions, gravity vortexes, bending space, and stuff like that. And uh, I think a lot of that kind of went into MC Escher's art a lot. Hmm. Um, there are a lot of correlations there. And so it kind of clicked to me that I could make it like an MC Escher game. Mm-hmm. And it kind of... I kind of got the idea of what would it be like to walk around inside of an MCS or drawing, and I realized a video game is really the only way you can do that. Yeah, and, and there was one game, not sure you're, if you're familiar with, Echochrome, that kind mm-hmm. of did a similar, but I definitely like yours better in that it kind of limits the, not in a bad way, but it kind of confines the players to certain areas, and so you don't yeah, feel like, definitely. where am I in 3D space <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, I, I wanted to take a different uh perspective mm. uh with the with the bridge it's all a fixed camera yeah uh, so it's the opposite of that coming that way and i wanted the bridge to feel like you know it was an actual escher drawing not mm-hmm. just an shape um now in film there, there's kind of this fear uh especially with modern movies that are shown in black and white uh, there's this fear that they won't perform as well and uh, seemingly you know audiences demand color and although games like limbo and um Trying to remember the the misadventures of uh, PB Winterbottom. Mm-hmm. They, they've shown that this isn't true for games, but I wondered if there was any uh, hesitation with your decision uh, for black and white. Um, no, not at first. Uh, I kind of realized halfway through making a game that to convey things to the player, mm-hmm. like for example, this door's important, this button's important, this mm-hmm. key's important. You have to take a lot of uh, a lot of steps in black and white that I don't think you would have to do in color. Yeah. In color, I can just make it glow a certain color, but in black and white, we have to animate everything, and it, technically, it became a bit of a challenge. But yeah. um, I haven't found that the, the the players have, or the audience, I guess, haven't had any kind of negativity towards the, the lack of color in the game. I think it has a, a great artistic uh, mm-hmm. appeal that most games don't have. Yeah, so we won't <laughs> see we won't see a Ted Turner HD remix with weird colors. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Please, people, don't do it. Um, now, now, I can't let you off the hook without talking about death. Uh, in the bridge... Um, uh, holding down the space bar kind of rewinds time, but mm-hmm. never really removes the the stain of death. Uh, there's a little shadow on the wall showing where you're perished. And I wanted to get into your head and find out what, what motivated this decision. Um, well, originally the idea of uh, time rewinding was to alleviate any stress of making a mistake. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a puzzle game. It's not mm-hmm. an action game. And so I wanted the player to just feel like, they were safe to try anything. They were safe to, to experiment. Um, but as for the, the stain, I kind of wanted that was actually inspired by the draw the 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 game being a drawing that's come to life. And so the stain's actually an eraser mark. You get you the smudge of an eraser mark that gets left on the paper. Oh, that's it. 
was most was mostly the inspiration behind that. Hmm. Kind of cool, but just the reminder uh, of that I thought was kind of interesting. <laughs> That's a side effect. I think I thought it was a, a cute idea just yeah, to leave no. all the, the eraser marks on the on the paper. Yeah. That is cool. Uh, another interesting decision, at least as far as I've uh, seen or, or played, is that the protagonist isn't given a name. Um, is this articulated later in the game at all? Uh, no, he's, he's never given a name. Okay. And um, it's, uh, you know, I, I like games like that. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like um, stories like that, the player is able to personify a lot better. If I were to call him Bob or whatever, yeah. I, I would happen to name him. Um, I was worried you were going to go with Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, um yeah, you know, waking up underneath an apple tree, a lot of people do call him Isaac in videos, but um, I, I feel like you can connect better to, to characters and stories when they don't have a name. When you, especially in video games, when you are controlling them, you are the character, and maybe his name is your name. Yeah, yeah. Identification, that, that is a interesting yeah, exactly. concept. Yeah. Now, speaking of unmentionable things like death, uh, let's talk about reviews. Do, do you Have you read the reviews for The Bridge? Oh, of course. Yeah, they're they're either I found that they're either very positive people who love the puzzle genre tend to love the bridge or I, I'm sorry, Ty, could, could we take that from the top for some reason the the volume level just peaked? Oh, <laughs> I don't know what happened. Let, let me ask the question again. Sure. Uh, I'm trying to think what it was. It was something about death. Um, so speaking of things like uh, unmentionable things like death, let's talk about reviews. Have you read reviews for the bridge? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And um, has there been anything that made you think, okay, this writer really gets it, or this writer might be from another planet? Um, I think it's either one of the two. Most <laughs> most writers who tend to gravitate towards puzzle games or mm-hmm. art games tend to absolutely love The Bridge and give it great reviews. And that's that's my target audience, of course. Um, people who love you know games like maybe Limbo or Braid or mm-hmm. or Ecrome or similar games most likely will love The Bridge. That's um, that's the people who I, I made the game for. Mm-hmm. I kind of found a lot of review writers. I especially the writers who gave it particularly bad reviews. I look back through the games that they loved, and it was Gears of War and Halo. <laughs> that's not my target audience. <laughs> I, had, I had an editor who just said, "Oh, uh, you get assigned The Bridge. Go." They're like, "What is this?" I don't like this isn't a shooter. There's no aliens in this game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry to hear that. <laughs> uh before you go, can you tell us about uh your upcoming development plans? Um so currently I'm working on getting the bridge to XBLA mm-hmm. for the Xbox 360. Okay. Um so that'll be coming out in the uh, next couple of months. Um we don't have a, f- a firm release date yet, but it'll be out soon. Okay. R- relatively soon. Um and then other platforms. Um, the bridge is only right now available on PC. I'd love to bring it to Mac and Linux. I'd love to bring it to all sorts of other platforms like yeah. PlayStation, maybe. Um, and I have dozens of ideas of games in my head. Um, I'm going to be working with Mario in the future, so um, I just I want to make more beautiful puzzle games. Yeah. Wow. Noble effort. Well, Ty, I want to thank you so much for your time and uh, wish you continued success with The Bridge. Uh, that now available on Steam if you want to pick that up. If you can't wait for the XBLA release and uh, as well as all your future endeavors. Thank you.
You're listening to Indie Outlook, that part of the show where we talk about substantial games from smaller design studios. I'm your host, Robert. With me today is Tech Gaming's resident doodle queen and social media maven, Sai. Hello. Hello. Sai, I heard a rumor. Oh no, here it comes. <laughs> yeah. <the> rumor? <laughs> I heard a rumor that you have some codes courtesy of our close friends at Adult Swim. Well, yes, we do. You're willing to share those with the listeners. Of course. We have uh-huh. two wonderful codes for Vulgar, and we got two great codes for uh, Sound Dodger Plus. Now, Vulgar is a Viking by trade, right? So to win, I think listeners should either A, leave the name of their favorite Viking. Who's your favorite Viking? Techno Viking. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> or the name of the, the song that they would most like to Sound Dodge. Yeah, if you want to please the boss, then just you know, feel free and choose Adele right away. That's right. Sing a little Adele for me. Set set fire to the rain. (laughs) Speaking of being angry, setting fire to the rain, let's talk a little bit about Dusty Revenge. He's an angry rabbit, isn't he? It's a great game, actually. It reminded me a lot in the mechanics of a game came back uh, came out a few years ago by the name of Shank. Uh, That was a game developed by uh, Clea Entertainment. They're a Canadian developer that uh, created Mark of the Ninja and uh, was published by EA. So basically, this is uh, or Shank felt a lot like the Machete films. Um, Shank was this two dimensional badass who had a arsenal, much like Dante. from Devil May Cry, and he was able to do jump and shoot foes and also get up close and personal and stick a knife in their gut. Um, the one thing was the the but the boss battles were a little frustrating. The boss can't get that out. Um, but I really like the concept, the art, the play mechanics, all those things really came together well. Dusty is very similar to that. Uh, all the things come together very well. First, the narrative. You are a rabbit. I'd be hesitant to call you a bunny. Yeah, you're an angry rabbit. Like the tricks guy. Uh, if t- the tricks guy was on um, Breaking Bad, the tricks rabbit, maybe. What? <laughs> if the tricks rabbit was on Breaking Bad. You just pull that out of here. Behind, yes. So his name is Dusty. He lost his girlfriend uh, at the beginning of the game. And you are told through these graphic novel like uh, pieces and a voiceover uh, a little bit of the backstory. And of course, your impetus is to find out who killed her. And, uh, as the title suggests, take sweet, sweet revenge by killing every little critter who stands in your way. Every anthropomorphic critter. Um, <laughs> PD Design Studio, they are the developer behind the game. And they really did a great job at nailing the tenets of an action, uh, side-scrolling action game. Uh, I played with the, uh, with an Xbox 360 controller. Every button on there is used for something, whether it's, uh, your pistol, shotgun, two types of melee attacks, Rolling, you can, you can, uh. It's got a great combo selection. Yeah, it does, it does. Uh, there's some massive you combos. You actually have got the ability to keep on leveling as you go through in the. Yeah, but you, are you going to it? You've got more options for combos and whatnot. You, yeah, you unlock this moveset and you can uh, kind of juggle foes in the air. And uh, if there's one thing that's really noticeable about Dusty Revenge is that the enemies, they're abuse sponges just designed to to handle it. <laughs> um, you, you you dish out like these 48-hit combos. Yeah, um, the combos were a little bit business. insane sometimes. Yeah, they were. They're over the top. But uh, a lot of them are the minions, uh, and they really encourage players to manage space well. Uh, you want to get out from the middle and kind of take them on the sides there. Uh, one, one thing I really liked is you can call up your friends, and there you would launch a arcing artillery uh, fire, and that kind of took out some of the occasional environmental. Rondel. Yes, Rondel. 
took out the occasional environmental elements, or you would go sniping with my friend McCoy. McCoy, the real McCoy. Is a sharpshooter. Yes, or sniper. Um, Is that also part of the story as well, if you remember yes. correctly? Mm-hmm. I think Rundle was someone that was looking for his son. Yeah. And I don't remember McCoy very much, but he was also in the search for revenge. No, seriously, they all just wanted a piece of a uh, craven. He, which he is was, the... Well, don't spoil it. <laughs> I was about to say, he just wanted some uh, shooting action. Those, those snipers they don't talk too much. Um, anyway, we, when you use them, that doesn't pause the game, um, which is kind of interesting, and I understand it. Interesting. I will call yeah. it complicated, because as you will try to, you know, co-op with these guys, it, it will, they will still beat on you as you're trying to, because then the attention and the gameplay just goes into them. Take your shots when you can on the move. Anyway, the one thing that did Are you make- just telling me how to play a game? Seriously? No. How I dare you? I didn't do that. Rude. How long, how long did you have McCoy on screen? <laughs> just how many I seconds? I remember. Uh, I remember. Is that 10 seconds? <laughs> anyway. Probably. So, um. Probably more than that. <laughs> the game's one blemish for me. Um, these, those hanging obstacles on a string that prohibited access to some areas platforming. Uh, Dusty's double jump in hit detection really didn't feel quite solid enough. The hit so detection I, was a little bit of a problem in yeah. bosses. Mm-hmm. Be all over the place. Sometimes. Yeah, and then they also, you get repelled back from, uh, different entities, which, Send you, uh, send you all over the place. Uh, the other blemish was that you use the, uh, when you're using a controller, you use the RB to open those safes, God of War style. But it shows a gun animation, so I didn't quite understand why they wouldn't use the weapon fire button to, to open those up. But other than that, uh, really good, solid showing from PD Design Studio. Um, like all the elements uh, that come together, characters, one of, the things, yeah. one of the things that I think was the most remarkable about the game is that they do take uh they did take a lot of detail into the animation itself it's like every single combo and every single thing that he would do you could see the art yeah will be in the, the energy that they put into it it's like, just absolutely armadillos would kind of coil up and they'd uncoil when they'd attack you and absolutely beautiful game yeah cool. also beautiful like my co-host is cube tractor Oh. <laughs> Let's talk about Cube Tractor a little bit. Um, so every once in a while, a, a game comes along, and it has this really kind of novel concept, and you think, wow, I'm surprised no one thought about this before. And, and Cube Tractor is like that. For me, the point of reference was this old Sega coin-out machine that probably no one remembers but myself. It was called Pango. And there you were, a little <laughs> penguin, and you would, sh- you would push... How long ago was that? I'm trying to... I think it was like early 80s, maybe? So, before you were born. Um, <laughs> you're a little penguin. You pu- you'd push ice cubes around. You'd try to crush foes or you try to trap them. Um, and with a cube tractor, you're not a penguin, but you are a robot uh, seeking the joys of freedom. And it's, it's similar in that you use the WASD or arrow keys. And then to, um, to interact with the game, use the space bar. To, to move blocks around. And what happens is when you pull a block and it touches an object, it causes damage. Sorry. Well, no, it's got, no, it's got both uh, items. You've got offense and defense as well when you're moving them. It's like some of them are in order for you to break through so you can actually go through the puzzle and the other ones are just, you know, to prevent the fire coming your way. Are so you it's... telling me how to play the game? No, no. Yes, uh, I am. So, so some blocks, <laughs> uh, they cause, they cause damage on enemies. And then when two blocks, um, when two blocks touch each other they can form an offensive tire a uh, fire uh, offensive 
tower <laughs> that fires upon enemies. I can't speak right now. See what you did to me? Uh, so the thing is that enemies, they can fire back. Are you okay can, right there? I don't know what happened. <laughs> they can fire back and they can, you know, pelt your, your towers with fire and, and crumble them into dust. Um, and so you're constantly <laughs> building new towers. But luckily, the blocks, they respawn after a few seconds. So the the trick of the game is really kind of pulling the blocks and putting them where you want. Um, you really have to get into a groove uh, because the blocks, they travel low enough where you can kind of gauge and, and put an idea uh, where, you know, you want to put them on screen. So you may grab one up above you and then pause for half a beat and grab another below you. And you do have to get out of the way because the blocks will damage you as well. So it is a combination of a little bit of a puzzle game, a rhythm game, you know, the timing element, strategy, and action. So the, all those things uh, work together, kind of meld together across the 40 or so levels. The one thing I would have liked to have seen is a level editor so I could, you know. You're such a masochist. Build my own cubes. Yes, I'm a masochist. Um, the game does get really hard. And, mm-hmm. uh, there were a few times where I just had to quit and uh, come back to Cube Tractor, but still had fun because that little robot, it's for freedom, and who doesn't love freedom? One thing that we need to say as well from both of them is that yes. they are uh, IGF uh, China yes. finalists. Yeah. No, they're actually winners, sorry. They, they, are, they are winners, yes. Cure <laughs> uh, Tractor won in 2012, and congratulations to Dusty oh. Revenge. They recently you know, announced they got an excellence in audio work mm-hmm. for 2013. For for me, they really converge on, you know, the output from, from big studios. Calling them indies, it's hard to tell, especially with Dusty's Revenge, that it was created by a smaller studio. It is a small studio from yeah. Singapore. Both yeah. of them are, actually. Yeah, pretty amazing. So I want to talk about a 100% fresh-squeezed real orange juice. Ah, orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> Lolly juice. Oh, oh, geez. Don't, let's not go there. No. 100% orange juice. God, that game. That, that has got to be the cutest strategy board game I have ever played. I swear to God. It was absolutely endearing. You've have got you this. Uh, Mousetrap? No, actually, I haven't. Oh, you have to. I will. I'm completely obsessed with this one. Um, orange juice is a game that is absolutely goal oriented. The more stars you collect, uh, the more chances you've got to win on the board. Of course, I mean, you have more chances to buy and unlock more stuff into the game. You start out with four characters. Mm-hmm. All of them are all uh, an all-star cast. Lollies. From Orange Juice. <laughs> yeah, they're lollies. <laughs> well, there's a little guy there. It also allows for multiplayer, and you can play up to four uh, with four people at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get to see a lot of these guys. I mean, you've got the option to play as a free play, and you've got the option to do into a campaign mode, which is pretty much the same as the free play, but of course it's got a little story for each character attached Did you to it. play online at all? Uh, it was kind of difficult to connect. You Before you launch the game, you've got to select... Uh, yeah, you've got to set up your IP and whatnot, but mm-hmm. it's not as simple as it seems, so I think you will need the hail for Hamachi, mm-hmm. I think, to be able to connect. So I, we, I couldn't, we couldn't try it. I'm sure you will love to play with yourself, especially with a game like <laughs> Yes, I absolutely think you you will enjoy yourself. Um, so yes, well, when you're playing with campaign, you've got the, of course, you've got the availability of playing with the board as well, with the little story. And uh, ideally... Um, is that you collect amount, a specific amount of normas, is like uh, goals or milestones into the uh, into the board game in order to win. 
this is something that, of course, happens gradually as you move forward because it, it's completely different for everybody. It's not by chance or something like that. It's just, you know, by chance and a lot of luck involved. Mm-hmm. So the story goes into basically the characters that we've got. You have QP, which apparently absolutely loves pudding. And the whole story is about her getting her pudding back because it just got stolen. Then you've got uh, your favorite, Suguri, which is uh, very famous for her own shmup series. Mm-hmm. She needs to help. She, uh, she's been to bullet hell. I'm sure she has. <laughs> she needs to help Kai recover his wallet. And I don't know what the hell. She just wants to kick some ass. Uh, eventually, then you've got as well uh, a couple of other characters. But basically, one of the, the one that called my attention the most is called Popo. Because this little thing is the one causing chaos and mayhem in the entire board. She's the one stealing wallets and rockets and pudding and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the game is absolutely beautiful. It's super cute. There's lollies everywhere. I have no idea why you didn't play more of this game. I, I'm absolutely fascinated with it myself. Uh, the board itself has got about uh, five scenarios available at first. You've got... Um, Every single part of the board has gotten a specific point and a specific um, ability. Like, for example, the blue ones, they make you drop uh, stars. And then the the green ones, they may allow you to mm-hmm. gain cars from the from the dead car and stuff. And it, it's really fascinating sometimes. The one and only thing that I would like to point out is that the game does not bring a tutorial. No. So sometimes at first, when you first pick it up, it, it's a little bit frustrating because mm-hmm. you have a hard time trying to understand why you're yeah. doing. Fruitpad is the publisher, and they only localize the menus. They don't offer any additional assistance. And I, I thought a fact would really be helpful, so maybe someone will create one. The, the game, I think, like really deserves it. Something like that really useful, because yeah. I got the hang of the game after playing it for a while, but at first you don't really know what the board is about, you don't really know what each color is about, and you've got a citrus, which is the checkpoint in which you do the normals and, you know, check out, like, right. how many stars have you got and how many... Do we, do we mention deck building? Yes, they have about um, 50 cars and whatnot, which they bring traps, boost, battle perks, uh, even events, actually, that affect you and all the board players at the same time. This goes from healing yourself to basically having everybody lose stars if you lose stars, too. It's actually really fun because it's turn-based, and obviously you just have to collect as many things as you can through the birth, as you go through it, basically the stars and whatnot, through the normals. And, but it's really fun. It's really fascinating to just... I'm guessing that with multiplayer is a lot of fun as well. You're going to have to give it a try eventually. Yeah. So basically, well, I think to wrap it up with uh, Orangi Juice, is that music is just as wonderful as the artwork, I think, is one of the cutest indie games I have ever played in my life. It's hard not to enjoy it. Did you mm. like your lollies? Of course, I did. No, no, I it was just, uh, <laughs> as you mentioned, I, I love the combination of uh, deck building with a board game. It, you know, it took me a little while to understand the principles because you really have to play uh, either defense or offense uh, for a while, especially at the beginning. I, was, I had to well, but that's uh, present a when strong you, when defense. When you have a, when yeah. you're being contested, because mm-hmm. when you move through the board, you're allowed to, you know, challenge one of the players if you go through by that spot. But right. if you don't choose to, I mean, you still have to connect and engage with whatever happens on the board. So it's it's optional hmm. in that case. Okay. Glad I dodged that. <laughs> Actually, it's got bosses too and everything. Oh, yeah. It's got it's ducks. Fun. No, there's a boss at the end of the round. Oh, okay. Well, it's he got ducks too. Ducks and chickens. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All, All kinds of farm animals. Things. Yeah. 
and everything is cute. It's exactly what you wanted. Lollies and chickens. That's all I need. Lollies and chickens. That's all you need to help yourself. Yes. Um, and you missed it. I, I talked about dodging. That was a transition. Dodging? Sound dodging. Oh, yes. That's, that's right. That's... So let's talk about sound, sound dodge. At, that's one of the biggest surprises of the year for me. We've mm-hmm. got a fantastic game today that is called Sound Dodger. Plus, mm-hmm. this is um, a great game that is actually coming out this Friday, of all things. Yes. So, my first impression in the game was that at first I had no idea what to expect. I really saw this beautiful, clean interface. Everything runs smoothly and, you know, all the minimalistic design, the, everything uh, together is absolutely charming. So I thought to Reminds myself me of at my first... my favorite website. Oh, please. Did you really need, <laughs> you really need to self-promote? <laughs> this is your podcast. <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> Oh, good lord. Anyway, so at first I just think to myself, oh, this is fun. I'm going to get it. I, I think right. I can do this. So I started playing for a little bit. It was like I, I was in between, you know, uploading files to the server. I was working at the time. And right. fucking thing just consumed my entire evening. And then I realized it was like 2 a.m. It was absolutely, you know, immersive, this game. No. First song was quite fun. Mm-hmm. It seemed pretty simple. You, which, you were going yeah. on the main playlist? Yes. I mean, yeah. at first, of course, this, this is, was my first choice, you know, to just see what they had in, uh, to offer. Mm-hmm. But um, I must admit that it was somehow misleading because it seems so easy. It's so, you know, uh, so fun and whatnot. But as you move forward, it gets extremely difficult. And yeah, I think I'm going to start hating dubstep from that. Because it was very fucking hard every single time that it will happen. It will just make it. Welcome to 2012. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. We, we, we don't all like Adele like you do. Mm. I mean, I like it. Sorry. Anyways, there is no plot. Or there is no story to this. The game is all about dodging uh, all these little elements that are thrown at you mm-hmm. to the pace and rhythm of the music. Some are little triangles. Some are squares that follow balls. you around. And some are Robert's balls. <laughs> Whoa. You sure love your balls. <laughs> Bollies and chickens and balls. Anyways, they all have different behaviors as they come, trying to, to hurt what? you and ruin the song. <laughs> not your balls. Not your... Okay. I'm not talking about your balls. Uh-oh. I'm talking about <laughs> Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. Anyways, the, sound, the, the game sounds simple enough, but seriously, what makes the game so good is that you can just spend hours playing this game. And, you know, it gives you something to do while at it. I mean, it's like you usually, are, I'm the kind of person that listens to music all the time. So this is like the perfect game for you to, you know, Super probably productivity. like. <laughs> it's probably the, the perfect game for you to do long commutes or, you know, mm-hmm. waiting yeah. rooms and stuff like that. And seriously, I've got to say that I did uh, manage to basically uh, try absolutely everything. I remember this game came out for free mm-hmm. uh, not long ago. And eventually they decided to include all these other beautiful options. They've got a level editor, mm-hmm. which is insanely detailed. I mean, you can actually have everything you want at the pace you want, at the rhythm you want, and the elements you want whenever you want it. It's fascinated how in control you are of every single um, song you want mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. But if you're lazy, like I was, because I only did one level. <laughs> I only hit it at one level. Uh, you also have got, um, what's the name of this? They've got a random generator, mm-hmm. which allows you to basically just adapt 
the elements of you know the the game itself to any sound that you blurred. Mm-hmm. The game is beautiful. I mean, it does um, does get extremely complicated. Uh, as you move forward, because eventually, I mean, the songs change. The Turns product. into bullet hell. It yeah, it really, it really brings probably twice or three times as much as the free version. Not just the level editing and the MP3 option that you've got, but it got it brings a lot of different options. Ideally, the game is all about, you know, dodging all these elements in order for you to get more scores or more uh, a percentage that you score if, to unlock new songs, mm-hmm. but. I've got to say, I'm very surprised that this game hasn't gotten uh, yet the attention that it deserves because sure. it's seriously beautiful. I love the concept. I mean, I've had other yeah. rhythm games before, and I'm not the kind of person to enjoy this kind of games. And I have got to say that I did enjoy some Dodger. And you this know, is one you of know the when reasons it why will win an award. The what? When Sound Dodger Two comes out, and you know what that adds? Oh, are we going to do this? <laughs> yes. Okay, so I like I like I like sound sound dodger a lot, but I felt <laughs> I wanted balance in the game. I wanted harmony, too much yang and not enough ying, and so I was always dodging. I hear a little always... wine. That's what I hear. <laughs> you want some cheese? Uh, so <laughs> I was always dodging, <laughs> but I wasn't given the opportunity to fight back. I really cannot believe that you brought this up in the podcast. I completely disagree. With you wanting to change Just the game. Just a moment or two, I wanted to fire back. Or at least absorb the bullets. That never, that never crossed my mind no at least once. There's action mechanic to the game itself. There's what? There's no reason. There's no reason There's to provide that. Dodging the bullets. I think you've played way too many lollish mobs. That's, that's well, probably. That, that's much. true. Only the witch ones. <laughs> <laughs> witch lollies. <laughs> if they're wearing pointy hats, yes, then I own it. No, 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 but. Uh, I just want a sense of harmony, a sense of balance, and I wanted to fight back because I always There's felt defensive. No, but I, but I think in if you look at the history of arcade games, you look at, no, you look at Pac-Man and he could turn the tables by eating the pellets. That's a different kind of game. Well, I'm saying, but there's this there's is something still that is entirely about the music. There is no kind of connection or engagement that you do directly with the elements that are thrown at you, other than just dodge, which is in the <laughs> in the name of the game. So, adding another element to that, it just does not represent what you want to do with the music. But give me the option. It doesn't. Give me the, the option, option for what? Because you're right now. I, w- I want sound <laughs> fire back plus. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Yeah, sound, you want the like, machine gun sound and do 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 Yo, bro. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I cannot believe you said that. Anyways, just... I, I personally disagree with you. I believe the game itself, it brings a, a fantastic game mechanic that it is all about the music, and that's exactly what's so good about it. Because even the, the editing for the levels is flawless when it comes to how in-depth you can be with this. Okay. But seriously, you are insane. I am insane. Um, well, no if Sound Dodger me. were to collide with Flying Red Barrel, a diary of a little aviator, that would be fine with me. That would be 120% orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> Just over the top. I don't believe that. And speaking over the top, I think we're almost out of time. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> you're about to kill me right now. You're going to keep what arguing. Is this, what is this blasphemy? Talking about Sound Dodger as such. Thank you guys for listening, and yes, please you. remember to participate in the comment thread so you get to win this wonderful codes. 
that we've got for you. Thank you to Auto Swim. Everybody loves a wiener. Thank you to Auto Swim Games for providing the codes and thank you for listening to us, guys. Bye. See you guys next time. Like musical introduction or sure, whatever you want. Use your ass. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ooh, ooh naughty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's trivia time. Wow. Awesome. Oh, wow. That was amazing. I'll never believe that, that was. And he did it all literally with his butt. That's <laughs> our trivia intro. I think you deserve two PS4s for that. I'll take them. That was a nice moment. That was great. Hats off to flatulism. So, first question, how many screens does the... T- no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> two, I swear. I know. Friday, October 12th, marks the release of Pokemon X and Y, the sixth generation in the enduring Pocket Monster franchise. All the following represent changes to the game, except one item. I want you guys to name it. A, monsters and battles are rendered in 3D. B, players are also able to customize their trainer's appearance, selecting things like gender and skin tone. C, the ability to design a single Franken-Pokemon using parts of other captured pocket monsters. D, mid-air trainer duels that only flying Pokemon can compete in. Those are called sky battles. Or E, the wonder trade system, which lets players make blind trades with anyone in the world. Oh, man, you are so getting a Pidgey. Well, um, <laughs> it's which one is not in it or which one is in it? <laughs> which one is not? Oh. Uh, what was the second to last one? Second to last one. Franken- midair uh, trainer duels, which only p- flying Pokemon can. Uh, that I one. Think... I'm going to say Franken that's... Pokemon uh, is the one that's not that's not showing up. I'm going to go ahead yeah. and say that. That does sound kind of. Um... Are you googling the answers? Because that's cheating. No, I mean of all of them, I hadn't I hadn't heard anything about sky battles, but I have to agree with Ryan. The I don't think they would let you chop up Pokemon and build your own. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> just. I mean, unless they did it at like some sort of like a Poke DNA level or, or something like that, where you know you could have actually the tail of a Pikachu. We take that DNA and implant it in this Togepi egg. Or whatever. What the I mean, fuck? <laughs> Jurassic Park meets Pokemon. Oh yeah, yeah pretty much. Jurassic Mon. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll I'll agree with Franken Pokemon. Correct answer. Yes, see, there are no Franken Pokemon. Man. Oh, thank oh, God. Thank God. I mean, that, I just, that just seems a little bit cruel. I mean, we're already forcing them forcing to monsters. fight, and now we're going to, like, harvest their parts. First, you got to capture them. Stitch them back together. Yeah. Oh, Head of oh, a yeah. Gyarados, body of a drill. How is that more cruel than every other Pokemon's treatment, except maybe Pikachu slash particularly Pikachu? Like, beat them to death within an inch of death, capture them in a ball, make them fight forever. 
and we oh, love you, Pokemon. They do attack you're, you when you walk through the grass. Friend. I mean, yeah, they, 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 they kind of have it coming. Business. You're just minding yeah. your own business, walking through the grass, and they attack you. Come on. Man, Pokemon are dicks, yeah. let me tell you. Yeah. Especially Mr. Mime. They're like ants. Yeah, but so are people. <laughs> Pokemon are dicks, and people are dicks. They're all dicks. It's a dick universe. Isn't that the lesson of Pokemon? We're all yeah, dicks. I guess so. Apparently the lesson is everyone's a dick. <laughs> I thought that was Bulletstorm 2. Number two, one of the key <laughs> changes to Pokemon X and Y is the game change in venue, where trainers exploring the Kalos region. Which country serves as the inspiration for the setting? Is it A, France, B, Spain, C, Portugal, D, Brazil, or E, Kazakhstan? <laughs> Portugal, because why not? Oh, that's a tough one. I, I'm going to say, uh, what was it, France? Yes. I'm yeah. go France say was France. one of the choices. France was. <laughs> Great success. Um, home country, Kazakhstan. I like. I like it very much. Uh, the uh, Pokemon in a in a monokini penis. Monokini <laughs> penis too. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go with Kazakhstan. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Kazakhstan. Okay, good, good, Jeremy. Good, fine choice. Yeah. Fine choice. <laughs> um, I, I guess I'll I'll scoop up Spain. I'm a little bit. Uh, I'll admit I'm a little bit lost on this question. So I'll I'll go ahead and take Spain. Okay. So it's instead of bullfighting, they got pokefighting. Where so where yeah. are, where in the world are our Pokemon this time? All right, it's let's ask Carmen San Diego. Correct answer, France. Really? <laughs> France, yes. I am correct. Good job, guys. So so wait, how how do you battle anybody? Don't they just give up when you oh. when you walk? Oh, oh God! <laughs> well, they start a revolution, right? Oh, okay, right. Okay. Revolution. Oh, beheadings in Pokemon. Bourgeoisie, <laughs> char lizard, or whatever. <laughs> Number three, for the love of Crom, could that be Valhalla Nights three on the new release list? Why swallow a horn of honeymead? It most certainly is. The K three <laughs> is the product of Japanese developer K two. Identify the game that the studio did not. I repeat, Sage did not have a hand in. A Tenchu, Time of the Assassins. B War Tech. C Samurai Showdown Sen. Or D Tenchu Z. I'm going to say, and I'm going to just completely go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say, uh, was it Wartek uh, Senko no Arande or whatever? Uh, yes or no? Valhalla Knight 1. Oh. No. no. But you got for free. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, hey, wait, you it, Robert. Already, hold on, hold on. Quick, quick PSA here. If you're on PlayStation Network, you can get Valhalla Nights 1 for free currently. I don't know how long that's going to be going on, but just go to uh, either the web store and search out Valhalla Nights, or it will be in the free games. Actually, it might be on the discount section on the PlayStation store. Just games. First game free on PS2. Yeah, discount. Uh, PSA 2, you don't want it. It's a waste of space. I've heard it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, I've heard. <laughs> if it was any good, they'd sell it for 2 bucks, 3 bucks. but do, do it again. Do it again, the whole question or yeah, the answers? Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. The names are just, they kill me. Do the whole thing again. Tenchu, Time of the Assassins, War Tech, Samurai Showdown, Sen, Tenchu, Z. Uh, I mean, busy, 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 Damn it. <laughs> Number four. Wait, what the? 
hell happened to number four? Valhalla yes. three includes number four. What the hell happened to Robert's brain? Nobody <laughs> at knows. Bits of boobs on screen. Let <laughs> put it in. Let me start this. <laughs> Number four of All Nights 3 includes at least a bit of intriguing fan service to entice players into its realm. Name it. A, a red light district where players can pay for their affections and potentially recruit them as party members. B, the ability to cook and eat at the car- the carcasses of beaten foes for a minimal HP boost. C, lolly-esque muses which guide players through optional side missions. Or D, player costumes, which include a panda and a cat. Uh, that red light district just smacks of yes, so I'm going to go with that. Lollies get 85 and up. Mm. Always. <laughs> Always. Um, it's a rule. Uh, um, I'm going to go with panda costume, because I enjoy pandas immensely. Do you? Just in general, yeah. I just like pandas, so I'm going to go with pandas. Then I have something to show you later. Uh, <laughs> is, that's not code for anything, is it? No. Sage, we've all, Sage, we've all been vagina the already. I have not. That is no <laughs> way a years. sexual comment. Oh. <laughs> um, I, I'll say... Um, wow. I'll say eating enemies for minimal health gain. Uh, there, there was one about there was one about lollies, right? Yes. Um, Lolly esque muses. Yeah, muses. Uh, that seems that seems. Uh, I'm going with that one. <laughs> Jeremy, you seem tired and frustrated. You're like, I'll no, no. I just Kazakhstan you know, lollies. Yeah, Robert. Whatever. No, it's that he has to pick between sex or lollies or eating people. Like lo- Yeah, like <laughs> I could see any of these, and I'm just kind of like, oh, wow. Ah. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the lollies. Correct answer. Personal policy, usually it's the way I go. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Correct answer. The red light did strict. Tit strict? Tits on the brain. I win, I win. Number five, courteously, XC made one significant alteration to the sta- stateside localization of Valhalla Nights 3. What was this change? A, the addition of three new difficulty levels. B, transforming ad hoc multiplayer to online. C, voiceover in English, Spanish, Italian, French, and German. Or D, recognizing save data from Valhalla Nights 2, which, if found, gives players special equipment. Hmm. Wait, wait, do it. No, 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 no. no. I, think they would have, I think they would have left a feature like that in when it was in Japan. Since I'm sorry, they... do it one more time. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Pandas and cats. Um, no. <laughs> the addition of three new difficulty levels transforming ad hoc multiplayer to online voiceover in English, Spanish, French, German, or recognizing save data from Valhalla Nights 2, which it found gives players special equipment. Ad hoc thingy. Ad hoc. Uh, that online. does make sense. I'm going to go with recognizing. Yeah, I'll agree with game. that. What was Ryan's? Uh, recognizing the save game. Just throwing it out there. See, Blue kind of brought up a good point, though, because it would have to be something that they did not have in the Japanese version. Mm, true. It, it, I'm thinking it's either, you know, it, it's it might be the difficulty, too. You know, because they tend to make American games a little bit harder. Yeah, but I think something like that, they probably wouldn't go, because rebalancing an entire game for yeah, true. difficulty is, like, difficult. Wait, no. Blue, they usually make difficult. the American games easier. No, I think they don't. They make them well. Three new difficulty levels. He didn't say they were easier or harder. They just that they were. But I, well, but I'm just saying. Usually the Japanese versions are harder. Like fucking uh, Catherine, 
Like the Japanese version, they had to dumb it down a ton for American people. They were like, oh, That's because American. they fucked it up the first time. Not Americans. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that there was much about that game to dumb down. It was it was sort of like glorified Ryan, you never played that game, huh? and it was actually legitimately hard. Well, yeah, difficult well, yeah. is one thing, but there was like there was nothing compelling about it. It was it was like oh. some some sort of hackneyed okay, story. Anyway, I say ad hoc thingy. <laughs> it, it, I, um, I can get on board with that. They put online for Americans where it's local mm-hmm. for Japanese people. Yeah, I mean right. that that sounds that sounds right. But I would not be surprised about the difficulty either because I've heard a lot that that our normal difficulty is like the hard difficulty in Japan. I've, if I'm remembering. Is that still the case, though? I think it really depends on the genre. Yeah. All right, ladies and germs, if you liked what you heard today, you can also read our reviews, our previews, and our new release info at techgaming.com. I hope you know that by now. You can also find updates of all of our stuff on Facebook, and you can follow all of us on Twitter. Uh, Robert is Robert Desert Eagle Allen at tech underscore gaming, a.k.a. Rawston. And everybody's names this week, by the way, are brought to you as they want them known from now on. So please feel free to address everybody by these names. Jeremy Larman Lamont can be found at Jeremy <laughs> underscore Lamont. Uh, I am Sam Rage. You can find me at Sam Rage. Uh, 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 you are uh, no, Sage Brush. No, that's not <laughs> what Knock it off. I am Sam Rage. Uh, also known as Sage Morris Green. Ryan is Ryan Linus Twice, Coach of R. You can find him. He now has a Twitter, at Linus Twice. Yay. And Eric King Pantsu Blue Swim can be found at Blue Swim. Please feel free to tweet us, Facebook our message page on Facebook, and follow us and post comments in the podcast on Tech Gaming. Oh, and don't forget our wonderful friend, Sean Nola, who is uh, not here tonight. But and he is at Sean Nola. Two ends. Two ends. You can also follow Sai at S-A-Y-O-M-G-W-T-F uh, for Indie Outlook stuff and anything related to Cognition, the review for which number four will be coming out soon. To the whole world right now. Let's turn it off and get down. Come on, north, south, east, west. Let me see you bob your heads. Yo, Memphis, turn it up and get down. I remember where I come from. The same spot with a snare drum rock. Feel it in my blood. Not ripping silly thugs, keeping it 100. My stock's staying fully plugged. Objects at rest remain so. Up until the force of meta is felt. Moving at the speed of my sight tech. Ahead of my dial, but never ahead of myself. Don't you know time is one big loop? You can run a Mobius strip around two troops. You can stay ahead of the curve and still grip loops. So you do you, even if it's old school. My kicks grip the track jacket at speed to the windmills. B-Boys fully equipped to channel the sound. Yo, we're gonna run. I was feeling kind of manic in a Broad Street panic, so I changed my sadness to metallic madness. Rolling on a freeway, the Stardust Speedway, whipping like a boss in collision chaos. The title tempest is coastal bound, but I know the fastest thing around. So whip out the wacky workbench, open the ports, and plot a course to the quadrant of course. Uh, now was a point of time not long ago, the Mega CD had all the flow. Sonic team was hip hop and cracking out fly tunes way before iTunes. The 